Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the dumbest part of your day. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Why did I open my mouth? Because that's what Fox will do is they'll say nine hours of programming yeah. to skip Bayless every day. I hate everybody. Everybody's stupid. Don't call me stupid or my wife will cry. I'm Skip Bayless. I don't know when Chris Berman got here. Man, 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 man. Now, I want to uh, see that work out, baby. I'm Skip Bayless's wife cry. Today, we're going to work out the traps. Nobody circles the wagons like that buffalo bear. Featuring Panama Ted. Shut up, Ted! Five-minute delays with Leanna Ray. You guys like Bjork? And random sounds from the internet. Yes, sir! Shavaka do. You want to sack? The guy is drunk! Quarterback! Watch your profanity! Would you not eat my pants? Ah! This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. We have a big show today. Inside the NFL, all the news and notes you need. E. Coming up at 348, e. rapid fire. Rapid fire. In the 4 o'clock hour. Game show in the 5 o'clock hour. What's the game, Boner? Well, this week I thought I've been really on a local music kick from the standpoint of going to live concerts and trying to get out to more shows. So as I've been doing that, I find a lot of good band names. So all I right. thought I would give you a real band that is playing in Columbus sometime in the near future and a completely made up band. And you got to tell me which one is the real band. All right. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, we're having a theme for today's show. We were discussing that uh, we don't do enough theme shows. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do a theme today. I'm excited for that. You know, there's lots of stuff to talk about, but I figured we would get to the meat of, uh, of the main topic of conversation. And so today's theme is, would you rather go to spring training in Florida or Arizona? Three full hours of this today. <laughs> Three <laughs> full hours. Yeah? Is that what you want to do? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> I've been to both. Have you? I could answer this question. Which one did you like more? Uh, Florida. Really? Oddly enough. Well, you know, Arizona has advantages because everything is so close together. Mm -hmm. For the most part, everybody is in that phoenix scottsdale metro area, area. yeah there's yeah. a few that are down in uh in tucson but not most right florida is is much more spread out but uh i also grew to realize when i was in arizona that i hate arizona really yeah i'm not a fan of the desert now i get not being a fan of arizona too in brown july i don't like it oh because there's not a lot of green yeah, it's just too brown the dirt everywhere i'm sure if you like to golf it's fantastic i don't like to golf too too dirty no, I like I like actually the uh, the fact I I wish we had not, scorpions. Well, no, I don't wish we had scorpions. I wish we had not normalized lawns. I hate lawns. Oh, I love lawns. I hate them. Love a lawn. Yeah, I hate taking care of it. Hate having to pay someone to take care of it or doing it myself. Either way, it's annoying. Guess what they yeah, do there? I mean, they gotta you gotta have somebody take care of the cacti. 
They don't. Yeah, they need attention. What are you talking about? They, they need they, some sort of cacti. They live cacti. for 175 they years. They need fertilizer. No, they, they need... No, that's literally the point of cacti, no. is they live through you're, anything. You're thinking about that wild cacti. The decorative uh, stuff in the neighborhoods? Oh, that no. needs... You gotta get out there that's with a... That's not tough. Gotta get out there with a squirt bottle. I'm just saying, they've got, they've got product for decorative cacti. They don't. That's a you good know, band name. What, what, decorative cacti. What kind of product do you have to put on the rocks you dump on your lawn once and then never have to think about them again? What product do you put on that? I don't know. You have to get like seven bags of fertilizer every spring and go with the step one, step two, you know, you have step to put on seven. That? Snake away is what you have to put on that. That's fine. And you know what? I'll just adopt wearing boots around. Then I'll be good. See a rattlesnake, step on its head. There we go. Move along. <laughs> Get over it. Yeah, I got to deal with a Gila monster every once in a while, a rattlesnake now and What's then. What's a Gila monster? They're like big lizards. The oh. Gila. Like the, the Gila River Casino, which is the name of the arena oh, that won't okay. let the Coyotes right. play there anymore. That's named after, I assume, Gila monsters. All right. I thought. Good enough. Anyway. I didn't really want to do this. No, I'm no, sorry no. I brought it up. I'm just saying. Arizona sucks. I don't care about Arizona. Now I'm on lawns suck, and I hate lawns, and let's get rid of lawns. Uh, Kansas comes from 16 down to beat North Carolina and win the title. I was thinking about Timmy Hall watching this game last night. Well, I was thinking about him in the first half where I watched Kansas give up and get into a 16-point deficit, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is not good for Timmy Hall. It was not trending well for Timmy, and Timmy gave up too. I was talking to him this morning. He said that his wife, who was watching the game with him, also went to Kansas. You know, she was keeping the faith. Oh, sure, she yeah. She was saying, they're going to win, you watch. They have a big chalkboard in their media room where he's got all the, the tournament laid out on the chalkboard. At yes. halftime, he went and wrote in North Carolina wins the championship. <laughs> and she had to go over and erase it. She erased it. And say, there's a second half yet to play, Timmy. Wow. Yeah, she kept the faith. But here's the thing. I've watched games with Tim. I've watched, you know, Buckeye basketball games. I've watched games where he is just not like he's a neutral party. Tim is very much someone who rides the roller coaster where your team, let's say, goes and hits a couple big shots. Timmy gets into like, oh, man, they look unstoppable right now. This is really good. This is great. I think we're going to get oh, yeah, this he's, done. He's the guy in and the then, first two minutes who will say it's over. This is looking good. Yes. <laughs> this team's and, winning. and then your team will go like on a four minute scoreless drive. He's like, this team can't play. I don't even know why they're here. And this is ridiculous. And it was stupid of me to even think they had a chance. And then he just goes and rides that all the way up and down. So I thought down 16, Timmy, I thought there was a small chance, not a huge chance, a small chance. Maybe he flipped the game off Flip. and just said, yep, that's it for that. I'm all done, but he stuck with it and good to him for his credit because, yes, Kansas came back, probably didn't help for North Carolina that Armando Baycott had the injury to his ankle. Did you see that thing at the end of the game, Mike, where he's, he, there's a slow motion replay out there of him, you know, he's driving to the bucket, he's trying to make a layup, and he goes and plants the foot he's about to jump off of, and his ankle had been hurt, and he suffered the ankle injury in the last game. He was playing through this injury, but he buckles, goes to the floor, and you think, oh, man, that sucks for that dude. And, of course, he loses the ball, and it was just a bad moment for him, right? The slow-motion replay seems to show the floor underneath him give way a no, little bit. No, I didn't bit. see that. Yeah, it's it like there's a little bit of a just a give in the floor that people are pointing to and saying, is that what caused his ankle? Because he's had the ankle issues what are you all saying? throughout this. I'm saying... Are you saying... No, the, I'm, the fix was in. No, no. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. 
Jay Burson underneath the no. floor. <laughs> I got money on KU. Well, I would like to know because I mean Jay puts floors down like this. In yeah, fact, I it, touch wood. Jay Jay may have been the one who put this floor down. For oh. all we know, Jay did the All Star Game floors in Brooklyn a few years ago. I know he's got the connections to do stuff like that, but it, it makes you wonder, right? Because there's I've I've not played on a floor like that. But I remember in high school playing on, we went to one gym where they had a really rich donor, apparently, who had paid for like the, that type of system that they put in at the national championship game, the ones where it's portable and they can take it back out later. The floating floor. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels completely different. It does not feel like walking on, you know, cement or something. It it feels like it is, I don't even know how to explain it. It just feels lighter. And I can't imagine, I mean, look at the, all the NBA floors are like that. Look at this big, huge guys that play in the NBA that do this all the time. I can't imagine that that is necessarily an issue that's usual, but it is a weird little video to see if you can watch it of the little little flutteration in the floor that happens that makes you think, I wonder what happens if that doesn't give right there. If his ankle holds up, maybe they win that game. Congratulations to Kansas. I don't care, but I'm glad that Timmy's happy. He came in today and he, he was sort of downplaying it. And said, yeah, I was, you know, prepared for the worst. And I thought they were going to do what Kansas does. And then I looked at him and said, do what Kansas does. <laughs> Compete for national championships and no, his point win is, them on occasion. They should have won more by now. Uh, all right. Yeah. I'll take Fair one enough. in my life. Right. I'm I, still waiting for my one. I get that. But that's what he's talking about. Kansas I know, basketball don't, don't fans have in, those expectations. Don't come in the day after your team wins the championship and no-sell the program. Yeah, All right, true this, enough. This is the day. As much as Bill Self is a piece of crap, this is the day to wave the Bill Self flag. Is it not? Well, it's also because I, I we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Yeah, Kansas absolutely got away with everything you want to get away with through that whole scandal that came up. And and we can go line by line through it and talk about, well, but technically it wasn't this. I'm, I'm not here to hear that. Kansas is as dirty of a program as any other program in college basketball has well, been over the last 10 years. Dirty, though. What's right. the difference? But the idea that North Carolina is somehow the paragon of academic rigor when they are the ones who had fake classes, that the only reason they didn't get like their accreditation taken away as a university over that was because they said, well, yeah, we had fake paper classes where no one had to attend and everybody got A's, but they were open to non-athlete students as well. So what's the crime? That's how they get away with it. That's how <laughs> Kentucky got away with their exclusive dorm yeah. just for the basketball team. Where they have a with private chef. Private chef and game room and massage tables because they put like 10 other random students in there. Random meaning extremely hot co Well, probably... Probably <laughs> just something for the players to water the tulips. Sure. You know, whatever. they put the hot coeds in there, 10 of them. There's lots of tulips around sure, the landscaping. And okay. then they say, oh, no, it's not just for the basketball team. It's for regular students for to get everyone. the hell out of sure, here. Everybody yeah. sees through it. Nobody calls them on it. I know. And that is that is the reality of big-time college athletics. We know that. We know that's how recruiting works. I'm not naive enough to think stuff like that doesn't go on everywhere and by everywhere i do mean everywhere we had a big recruiting weekend for ohio state football this past weekend i was there handing out bags of money (laughs) to all the recruits that i want to see come here ryan day was looking the other way it happens well that depends though did you talk to someone and say oh wait no i'm actually not handing you the money directly i'm handing it to a charity organization that then will hire these guys to come i don't care i just hand them money directly i see that's good i'm I'm the radio's common man here you go Mm. 
some money. Yeah, because it's definitely not like, I mean, I'm glad there's an organization now that's trying to do some more charity work around Ohio State, but let's not make that out to be more than it is. That's just another way to do the name, image, and likeness stuff. You're just doing it with the charity attached to it. it. Very nice, by the way, that a charity gets some play out of that, but if you really want to help a charity, maybe just donate the money to the charity. Don't don't donate $20,000 to a player through a charitable fund that then that guy does like two hours of work for you, charity. That might, I'm, not, I'm just saying. Yeah, but then we couldn't have like jock sniffing dinners and stuff like that mm. for the people running these charities. Yeah. That's, it's, well, whatever. That's a whole other thing. That's what it is. Start, start a charity just is. for fancy dinners where you can sniff the asses of jocks. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm all for, I, You're I all for think, ass sniffing. No, I'm all for charity work. I'm all for actually doing the work that benefits charity, that benefits something other than your own desire to like watch a football game or a good basketball game or whatever it is. Uh, Jackets, I have plenty of thoughts about what went down last night. We will share them with you coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads right now. You'll find some backups on westbound 670 between I-71 and 4th Street. Plan on some delays in that area. And I-70 eastbound between Mound Street and Route 315. Traffic is slow there as well. Starving report is sponsored by Ohio 811. Contact 811 at least 48 hours before you dig, and Ohio811.org will notify the utilities to mark underground lines near your projects. It's the law. Dominion Energy of Ohio, Centerpoint Energy, Duke Energy, and Columbia Gas are reminding you to know what's below. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. No college education, and it shows. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinder Motorsports. Inside the NFL coming up at 348. We have Rapid Fire in the 4 o'clock hour. Game show in the 5 o'clock hour. Jackets lose in overtime to Boston last night. They get swept in the season series. 3 to nothing. Uh, Brad Marchand, your guy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Continues to be a piece of crap. And I am I am so sick and tired of these transparent hockey people on social media that go to bat for pieces of crap like him every single time he does a piece of crap thing. Talking about, ah, oh, you don't know hockey. That's a legal hit. That was a clean hit. And then you hear Marchand talk after the game, and he's got that all shucks mentality where it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm not dirty. I'm just going out there trying to make hockey play. What are you going to do? Boop, 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 boop. And the league enables all of this. The league will come out, even with these serial offenders, and maybe give them a $5,000 fine or slap them on the wrist by suspending them for a few games. But there's no real hard line to adhere to. The league is full of crap with all of their safety messaging. I don't know how anybody can't watch that hit last night he put on, he put on Andrew Peak, where he is loading up and going for the head. He's not playing the body. He knows exactly what he's trying to do. Let's just put aside the fact that it led directly to a goal. Well, right. To me, there's there's two equal issues with that play. One is, and I know there, are, like you said, the blue checkmark crowd. There's some of them that were, oh, it's not. It's they're actually, full of crap because they're talking about like, well, if you slow it down and look, his forearm makes contact with his body. And it's like, yeah. What was the primary point of all that? Was that to 
make a forearm little check to the side as he's trying to uh, poke the puck away? Or was he trying to smoke his ear hole? Which one was he trying I, I love, to do? I love how they're making excuses, too, for a guy that has a history of doing exactly yes, this. That's yes. why I would get pissed off at Bengal fans when guys like Vontaze Perfect would get a personal foul and they'd say, well, if it was anybody else, I wouldn't get that foul. Maybe, but it wasn't anybody else. It's someone that has a history of doing dirty things. Except in this case, and I know what you're getting at, in this case, the NHL looks at him and goes, they don't care. Oh, they're, they're tiny little rat man. Go ahead. Keep doing that. Yeah. Well, you're undersized. You can go yeah. ahead and, and put people out of commission. Go ahead. If he's 6'4", do you think he gets away with half the stuff I, he's gotten I, away I with over know. the years? I don't. I'm, well, then again, Tom Wilson you know, I was going to say, Tom Wilson's 6'4". So what is the what is the quotient there? You just have to be good on a really good team, yes. and then if you go and do stuff that is crappy, then you just are allowed to do it. If, I guess. if you're good, they let it. If you're good, you're just a tough, physical guy doing what you have to do to help your team win a game. If you're bad, yeah, right. If you're a guy like Jared Bowl, you're just a thuggish type of guy because they, they assume you can't do anything else. Right. So you're just taking you have cheap no other shots skill to stay set, on the ice. So you're out there. But if it's part of your whole game. Right. If you're a, a total package, then they just let it go. Like, uh, to that point, if the Le, if LeBron James in an NBA game walks up to someone and punches him in the jaw, it should be the same suspension as if an 11th guy off the bench does it, right? Yes. I mean, that's where we're at with this. Yes, Marchand's a great player, but that has nothing to do with how legal that play should be or not. Yeah, I'm so tired of hearing, too. Well, if he's on your team, you love him. Well, he's not on my team. And by the way, why can't we feel icky about things that our guys do on our teams? Oh, I would. If he were on my team, I would say that's crap that he gets away with it all the time. I'm glad my team wins a lot, though. I'm not saying do those things. I I would still be frustrated that that's allowed to go on in the game because I I don't know, man. Maybe I'm out of step with most sports fans these days, but I feel like if you're headhunting and you're taking guys out and you're doing things that cause massive brain damage like we have found it does... I don't really care if you wear a shirt with my city's name on it or not. I still think it's a bad thing we to do. We talked about it. It was two, three years ago. There was a, I forget which game it was, but Felino had one of these type of yeah, hits. Yeah, right. And I remember we came on the air and we talked about how it was an icky so hit. So that was a bad hit? Can't do that. And I don't think Nick Felino's a bad person off the ice. It just means no, but that was that a moment, bad play. In that moment, he knew better. He made a choice. Yeah. And he, he made, made it, the wrong choice. Yeah. Right. And that's okay. It doesn't tarnish you for life. But guys like Marshan who have Has that a reputation of making bad choices. The other problem I have with this is the fact that Peak is laying on the ground face down and they're like, oh, it's okay to let play continue. Why? I understand how the NHL rules work. Change the rules. It's stupid. But you know what, though? Referee's looking right at it. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't say you missed the call. He's looking right at it. In that moment in real time, and thankfully this was not the case because he went back out there and played. Yeah. Right? Right. In that moment in real time, he looked like he was out on his feet. You don't know what's going his on there. His head hit the ice like he was out. And so instead of immediately blowing that dead, they let it go and it leads to a goal. Does that remind anybody of a Penguins playoff game where Wierenski had a, an injury? And he goes down, and then a goal happens, and we get told by all the NHL, like, well, you got to let that happen. It's the way it goes. No, it doesn't have to be the way it goes. This is my problem with the NHL. They claim they care about head injuries. They're full of crap. They are. They're liars. They, the NHL should come out and say, we're the sport that actually doesn't care about head injuries. That's what they should do, because that is what they do in practice. 
I, I, you can argue that the NFL is hypocritical or they say all these things or they're doing it just because they're trying to cover their ass from a legal standpoint. That's fine. That may all be true. But the NFL, you could argue, though. is doing things and making sometimes egregious calls the other way where you say, man, I think that was a little too heavy handed. But they're saying we're trying to protect head injuries, we're trying to stop head injuries as much as we can limit them. The NHL says they want to do that and then never really truly does anything about the guys who present these problems. They don't change their rules to stop something like what just happened there. And then they go out and say, no, we care about head injuries. No, you should go the opposite way and say, we actually don't. You'll get fans. People will come in and be like, good, I want to watch that. That's stupid to me. But that's what the NHL should do if they want to be honest because they don't care about head injuries. And from a Jackets fan perspective, I mean, I'm I'm the first person to tell you this season, I don't care about losses i don't care about results no i mean right i, I want to see the team grow and you know not give up i, I want to see all of that we're past wins and losses i don't care i desperately wanted that victory last night because i hate the boston bruins i I'm hate the boston you. bruins i hate brad marchand i wanted them to lose that game i want them to lose every single game and this offseason priority number one if the league doesn't care i don't care you go out and you get yourself some guys I'm tired of this hockey team being pushed around. You know who else is tired? Zach Wierenski's tired. Do you hear his comments after the first period? Yeah, he right. said he's pissed off and he's tired of this. People are going to go around and push around this team like they can't handle it. The next This offseason, Yarmo, you have to go out and you got to get some of these guys protection. Because just because they're big doesn't mean they're comfortable pushing other guys around like that. Yeah, if the league is not going to step in and stop this, then you've got to have guys that step in and stop it. And I don't mean that you have to suddenly become this grinder no one has any no skill i'm not type saying team. that but you get a team like that that wants to come in here and just push you around and be bullies and you got to bully back yeah you need some guys that can do that i mean i know they're looking for that and the top end skill and all these other things jackets right, need too we fine. know that but yeah i'm with you man it, it needs i like that we brought in voracek who's a guy who obviously he took a 10 minute what is that? No, it's a he misconduct did, but he's not, he's not that type of, he's not that type no, of player. No, but I'm saying he's, he's a veteran who understands you can't just get pushed around and not fight back. So he took a, a big penalty there to try to stand up for Cole Sillinger because he also got destroyed on one of these plays. And it, it's fine. I'm not saying all of this was illegal. It's, if the league's not going to step up and do things to protect no, I'm the saying, players. Fine, I'm saying that Marshall should have been illegal. Of course it should have, but I'm saying Yarmo has to go out and protect these players with guys who are essentially going to go out there and dirty up the game. That's my point. You shouldn't have to have guys like you did last night, Bjorky going out there trying to lay hits on no, people. No, But you know, he was trying. God bless him. Right, of course. I'm saying that's what needs to change this offseason. Go get three or four guys who, you know, <laughs> they have no problem getting those big penalties and taking the minutes and doing that. Let's start setting a precedent around the league that you don't mess with Jackets players. If you do, you may find yourself on the injured list. If that's the way the league's going to call yeah, it. Yeah, that's fine. And I, by the way, go play that way. What do you think Marshan's getting out of this? Nothing is the answer. He's getting nothing for this. No. They're not even giving one of those BS $5,000 fines. No, no, they'll give him nothing. So I'm just saying if the league's not going to protect these guys, the Jackets have to. The transfer portal is busy with Buckeyes. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. 
Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident causing slowdowns on East Broad Street east of James Road. Traffic is building in that area as they get things cleaned up. You'll also find some heavy slowdowns on I-71 southbound before 5th Avenue. An accident there as well. Traffic is slow from Hudson. This traffic report is sponsored by RumkeyCareers.com. Rumke is family-owned and operated and growing in your area. Now hiring new and seasoned vehicle maintenance technicians. Rumke offers pay based on experience, shift differentials, paid training, benefits packages, paid vacation, and more. Apply at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. I'm the NRA with fan traffic. Your undisputed leader in talking about nothing. This is Man and Bone. Happy Tuesday. I'm pausing because I'm pulling up something to read. Oh, there you go. Join the Fan 10 TV and the Ohio Education Association as we honor classroom heroes. In these weird times, teachers and educators need our support and recognition more than ever. Nominate your classroom hero at 971thefan.com slash heroes. Transfer portal, busy with Buckeyes, both basketball and football. Justin Arns is leaving us. Mm. He has uh, entered the portal. And look, man, I'm, I'm sure he was, uh, was a good guy to have on that team and during his Buckeye career hit some big shots, but I never really understood the outside love for Justin Arns and what he brought to this basketball team. To me, on his best day, he was a role player. And unfortunately, we haven't seen a lot of those best days recently. Yeah, I, I think with Justin Arns, we got caught up a little bit. Some some did with the idea of, hey, you know, he has improved somewhat defensively or he's he's does a lot for spacing the floor. And it's like, I I, I realize that. The reality is you cannot be he I don't think anyone in their right mind would actually call Justin Arns the the term that's used in the NBA a lot, a three and D guy, where he can hit threes and play good defense. He's not a lockdown defender. He got better at defense. He was not a great defender, even at the end of his time here. And certainly his three point shooting was not anywhere close to what it was what what the legend around him seemed to be from the national media. Whenever a a group would come in and call one of these That's games because the Tim they Brandos don't, of right, the world. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They just I never understood why that was thought to be that way other than they looked at some stats from two years ago and said, yeah, he can shoot threes and not much else apparently. No, it. it I don't want to run that guy into the ground. It's not like everything was his fault. It's just... No, I, I didn't know that sometimes the fact that he started a lot of games for this team tells you how thin they were at that position given, you know, the injuries they had and guys they wanted to pan out that didn't. It was it was a rough year for that, no doubt. Sometimes it's just truth. It has nothing to do with, with burying him. I Like I said, I'm sure he was a good guy to have around the program. Chris Holman probably enjoyed having him in practice, and maybe he made other guys better in practice. I'm not minimizing all of that. But the reality is you had two guys in E.J. Liddell and Malachi Branham where you have defenses keying for those guys. Sure. When they're on the floor. Right. And Justin Arns, when he was on the floor with those guys, still couldn't get open. I know. It's That's the reality. He can't get open. <laughs> well, and then he would get some open looks and he couldn't hit them. I mean, occasionally he would, but it wasn't like he was, when he got the open looks, he was just dead eye, no doubt about it. That wasn't even the truth. So, yeah, there was just something going on there. Maybe it'll work better somewhere else for him. But, yeah, I, I wish him nothing but the best going forward. I just don't, I don't see a lot of potential for him down the road. couple uh, Buckeye football players entering the portal, uh, both defensive backs. Legend Cavazos enters the portal. Bryson Shaw enters the portal. Shaw started last year, 
not every game, the majority of the games, but just reading between the lines this offseason, he was not likely to keep that spot. And Legend was sort of caught on the depth chart where he was one of these four-star guys, borderline five-star guys that had a lot of hype coming out of high school, but for whatever reason did not catch on here. Yeah. Am I wrong that Legend Cavazos had an injury too? Am I am I misremembering that? I thought there was an injury situation. He may have, but he, he played in most no, of the no, games saying, last no, year. No, I'm saying towards the end of the year. Am I wrong that he got hurt? Oh, or maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe you're yeah, right. I'm thinking to somebody else. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Either way. Yeah, it's it's uh, the reality with Ohio State football as compared to Buckeye basketball is when you see a lot of these guys transferring out, especially this season on the defense, what is happening with this defense right now? You have a new coach coming in. You have a new system being put in place. They are trying to find ways to improve this defense. My guess is that guys are transferring out, not because they think it's going to be that much better from a on-the-field standpoint necessarily for them at some other place. It's probably because they're being told, look, we just don't see a lot of opportunities. Well, they're, they're seeing now with, with spring practice, they're seeing where they stack up yeah, and, and where the coaches value them. And, and if, I, you're, if you're not getting the looks, right. that, that would seem to indicate quite a few things well you can't and you can't just stick around and hope it's going to get better i've heard a lot of people say well just you know continue to work hard and maybe your fortunes will change okay but then if you miss that window other teams are figuring out their depth charts too yeah you know you got to get in the portal and get someplace else if if it's not going to be here it's got to be somewhere you don't want to waste this season well and and let's be re- i'm not trying to be mean to those guys i'm just trying to be realistic it might be that you can't start for what Ohio State is hoping to build a top 10 defense, right? Maybe there are a lot of guys in college football who can be really good college football players who just wouldn't start for a top 10 defense. Right. But he may go somewhere that has a top 50 or 60 defense, and maybe he can. I don't know. Maybe in a different scheme, different situation, he work, it works out better for these guys. So, yeah, I wish them well going forward. I'm not too worried about it either way. Tiger spoke to the media today, says he feels like he's going to play on Thursdays at the Masters, says he'll play nine more tomorrow and then make the final decision, but seemed pretty optimistic. Yeah, that's... After everything we have learned about this crash and everything we've heard about how drastic this injury was... Have we still gotten a look at the leg? I don't think so. I don't believe so. I just wonder how mangled that thing is. I don't need to. You know, like Alex Smith... That whole, we got to see a lot of that. I saw it the other day. He's in a commercial uh, where he's showing off the, the meat. Uh, and it's, it's amazing to me. Yeah. It, it is amazing to me, albeit at a you know minimal level when he came back. He wasn't any good. But just the fact that he could get out there and play well, right, in the right. National Football League on that leg, it's unbelievable. He wasn't any good. He was able to, like, I know what you're saying. He wasn't any good for an NFL quarterback. That's, yes, you know the what I mean. That someone who had that level of injury, that's what it is with Tiger Woods, right? It, the the level of injury it appears that these guys both had the fact that you can go out and play Alex Smith on a leg like that and play multiple NFL games that's crazy the fact that Tiger Woods may in fact be able to play at a professional level at Augusta not just anywhere I mean obviously we know the talent he has but the fact that he's able to go back out and play if he can four days of golf potentially. That That is going to be something that is a, a, a big accomplishment if it occurs. And that's why he was talking so much about his medical team and all these people. I'm sure there's a lot they have to do to keep swelling down, to keep everything working. Well, plus, if, if, if he thought he sucked, too, yeah, right. even if he could play, he's, he's not probably going. Not, he's not going to play. No, but I'm saying the fact that he could go out there and potentially do this no, is it's pretty stunning. Yeah. 
Uh, coming up next, all the news and notes you need as we go inside the NFL. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. An earlier accident has cleared from the roadway of East Broad Street, east of James Road. All lanes have reopened in that area. And still watching an accident in I-71 South on the 4th Avenue. Traffic is slow from Hudson. Please use caution. This traffic report is sponsored by RumpkeCareers.com. Rumpke is family-owned and operated and growing in your area. Now hiring new and seasoned vehicle maintenance technicians. Rumpke offers pay based on experience, shift differentials, paid training, benefits packages, paid vacation, and more. Apply at RumpkeCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time! This is Common Man and T-Bone. The St. Louis Cardinals, as Bud Selig likes to say, alive? Uh, yes. Let's say Bud's alive. I think he is. Uh, the Cardinals have confirmed that Albert Pujols will be making his 22nd consecutive opening day start. Cardinals open up on Thursday against the Pirates, and Albert Pujols will DH. I feel like we're not making enough about this. Sure. The, oh, yeah, DH. Cardinals, Pirates, DH, most natural thing in the world. I'm not saying we shouldn't be here, but I, I felt like for most of baseball fans, they just blew right past that this offseason. Oh, pitch is hidden. That's dead. Right. I, I... I know there are a lot of people who just hated that and did not ever want to see it happen again to watch... You know, pitchers take ABs, but for those of us big history of this game, watched baseball our entire lives, this is going to be a new thing where you will no longer see that. Yes, ultimately, it's going to lead to better baseball. I I assume even Albert Pools at his advanced age is a better hitter than ninety percent of the pitchers out there. I'll be generous, but that's it's still an aspect of the game that's going to be very different. Did you also see about Pools? Little personal news with him? No. He and his wife, Deidre, headed for divorce. Oh, it's too bad. Here's the weird part about that. Weird, I mean, you know, whatever. They've been married for a long time. He's filing for divorce after his wife had a brain tumor removed just days ago. Oh. She just had brain surgery. Oh. And he's like, hey, while you're in the hospital recovering, good time to serve you with some paperwork. I'm out. Who is he, Lance Armstrong? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, was not great. I don't think, I mean, I'm... I'm I'm guessing this is not something where they were like living happily together. And then a week ago, he was like, ah, I'm getting a lawyer. Like, I'm guessing this has been building for a while. Well, perhaps, but, but it's, it's not maybe a great wait book. a month after <laughs> the, the tumor operation. Um, he did say in her statement released by his agent, I realize this is not the most opportune time with opening day approaching and other family <laughs> events that have recently <laughs> taken the place. The fact that she you had a brain your, tumor. Your wife had a brain tumor. You're like, see, honey. Ah, I buried the lead. Yeah. Opening anyway, day. Number go. one, brain tumor. Two. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, let him live. Starting on opening day inside the NFL. Common Man and T Bones inside the NFL. Brought to you by my friend Dick Masheter Ford. Open 24 7 at MasheterFord.net. Bone. Well, man, uh, go ahead and put tight end Noah Fan as one of the guys saying that Drew Locke is the real deal. Now, Noah Fant came over from the Broncos along with Drew Locke over to Seattle. And they were both talking about, or he was talking about, how Drew Locke is the guy. He said in watching him play uh, with the Broncos, he said, quote, Drew's biggest attribute is his arm. He's made some insane throws in the time that we've played together. He has all the talent in the world. I think he has all the opportunity and all the talent in the world to get it done and be that franchise guy. All right. That's that's he's fine. Always, he's always the real deal. Guys like, look, guys like that don't get drafted. 
unless they have all the right tools. But we've yeah. seen it. We've seen it in practice. He's not the real deal. Right. I mean, he's had, what, 21, 22 games or something with Denver? I've seen enough. Yeah. I think most of the league has seen enough to say he's not the guy. Maybe the Seahawks will find something with him that no one else did. But let me ask you again. Denver or Seattle, which one has more going for it this offseason, right, as far as a team? Which way did the quarterback switch there, right? I mean, the guy who had all the power to make a move went the other way in Russell, in, in Russell Wilson. So I think that is pretty clear. Drew Locke's probably a fine backup to borderline starter. I don't think he's going to no, be a guy that's a, He's not a guy gonna, that's going to be working at the sit-go. No. He'll, he'll have a have long a career. Job. He'll have a job in this league. I just... I read today that Blake Bortles requested his release from whatever team he was on. You know, it seems like he's 40 years old, but he's only 29. Once upon a time, he was that guy, too. Sure. Where it's like, yeah. oh, he's got all the tools. Yes, he does, but he's just not going to be that guy. Yeah. Well, we'll find out, right? But I don't I don't think it's going to be Drew Locke, you know, Hall of Famer after his time in Seattle. Could be wrong. Uh, Mac Jones is working with some of his receivers in Tampa, which... This is being reported as news. I guess it, it kind of is because, you know, Tampa's where another guy who played quarterback for the Patriots currently resides. And, and Yeah, there's no NFL home. quarterbacks working out in Florida. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yes, but uh, Patriots receiver Kendrick Bourne on Tuesday revealed he and some of the fellow receivers, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, and J.J. Taylor, are there with Mac Jones working out. So that seems to be good. Doesn't show that uh, Devontae Parker made his way there yet, obviously, with the trade that happened uh, from the Dolphins going up to New England. But a lot of weapons, it would appear, now for Mac Jones to get the job done there in New England. So we'll see how that pans out for him. Little Buckeye news in the NFL. Chris Olave, who is you know headed to the NFL, will get drafted very highly, one would assume, in the upcoming draft. He is uh, visiting with the Washington Commanders, among other teams, on Thursday. He has, uh, Albert Breer tweeted this out, that he'll be making the rounds and perhaps could be pairing up with Terry McLaurin at some point down the road. I bring this up because I find it interesting now how I'm seeing this report like everywhere all the time. Big name draft guy going to meet with 17 teams over this week. And it's like, is that not a thing that happened before, or did we just not talk about it a lot? Because no, now it seems like it happened. I'm seeing this. It feels like this story is sticking out a lot more. But in reality, all these guys go and meet with the teams. If there's a chance they're in a position where they're going to get drafted by that team, I don't think that's wrong. It's it's something certainly the team wants to do, and it's probably good for those players too to say, "Yeah, I'm gonna let my agent know that is not the spot I want to get drafted. I do not want to play for that team. Please make that aware of that team. I'm not exactly thrilled to go play there." Not, probably not a lot. A ton of guys are in that position, but there's certainly enough of them that could. Mitch Trubisky is hosting a workout for Steelers skill position players, which I know Mitch Trubisky to you and me does not look like a guy who's going to do much for the Steelers, but they are hoping he will end up being their guy and he, that he will end up being better than Mason Rudolph. And I'm also quite sure Dwayne Haskins will be better then, but uh, Najee Harris was there. Multiple receivers were there. And guess what? That was in Florida too, Mike. But that didn't have the Patriots tie-ins with I Tampa see. and Tom Brady. So it's kind of like an add-on little piece of information. But sure, Trubisky's trying everything he can to make sure that he looks like the guy there in Pittsburgh. And find out if it works out for him. I don't tend to think it will, but I hope it doesn't. I hope he is very terrible for the Steelers. But uh, knowing my luck as a Browns fan, he'll probably work out better than I'm assuming. Uh, Jason Friedman, who is the guy who is... a accusing the Washington Commanders of withholding uh, the finances from the ticket sales 
from all the other NFL teams. Of course, Washington Commanders deny that this is what's going on. Anyway, there's been a back and forth between the lawyers. Jason Friedman's lawyer is saying Washington has uh, defamed him when they said anyone saying that we help withheld funds is committing perjury. His lawyer came back and said, well, then you're defaming my client. And then the commanders have come back through their lawyers and said, if you think defamation has occurred of your client, please serve us with a defamation lawsuit. We'd be happy to fight that out in court. This, I'm not saying that either party is right or wrong there. But when the Washington commanders do that, it's like, yeah, I'm quite sure they're happy to tie this up in court for a long time against one guy. There's no way that guy can afford the lawyers that, you know, Daniel Snyder can afford. So just because they come out with a statement like that does not mean that this employee is wrong or lying or anything else. It just means Daniel Snyder has all the money in the world to fight stuff like this. And he will because kind of his team being his team stands in the balance. If he gets found that he did this stuff, then he's not going to be an NFL owner anymore. Your guy, Brett Favre. Oh, yeah. Copper Dong. Mm -hmm. Having some problems. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. An earlier accident has cleared from the roadway of I-71 southbound before 5th Avenue. All lanes have reopened, but traffic is still slow from Hudson as it recovers. You'll also find some delays on westbound 670 between Grandview Avenue and I-70. Traffic is slow there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options to help the customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Come for the obesity, stay for the anger. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Hello. Happy Tuesday. So glad you've tuned in three hours a day, every single day. Tell a friend. We have a referral program going on right now. Oh, we do? For every new person you bring to this show, Panama Ted will come to your house and give you a... uh, perverted live exhibition live exhibition yeah just to you know show you some moves he's an expert in the kama sutra ted do you do a lot of non-live exhibitions that i'm unaware of because i didn't know that this was available on like a pre-order or a maybe a dvr basis you got some stuff in the can here Re rack it <laughs> it's on the dark web okay i was gonna say maybe he's got a youtube channel i don't know about you can watch it and then watch it again witchcraft (laughs) or playing video back on your ipad yeah i don't i still don't know why re-racket became is that a tv term because i've never heard yes it it is it is a re-racket okay yeah all right that's fine uh brett Favre having some problems your guy brett Favre. Hmm. uh he was the subject of a lengthy and detailed story by anna wolf who writes for mississippi today Dozens of people in the state of Mississippi who can read, read this. (laughs) All right. And uh, here's what it says. There is a connection between Favre, a drug company in which he invested, public welfare funds, and former Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant. Favre reportedly hoped to make at least $20 from biomedical startup Prevacus, which touted a treatment for concussions. Favre, per the report may have leveraged Bryant, the former governor, for funding and political influence. Here is a text message that Brett Favre sent to Bryant in late 2018. It's third and long, and we need you to make it happen. Double exclamation point. Bryant replied, 
I will open a hole. Again, Ted will mm. come to your house mm. and open a hole. I want me some glory. All hole. I know is I don't need any text messages from Brett Favre referencing anything being long. I will open a hole. I don't need any of that in my text messages. Within days of that exchange, Favre reportedly met with welfare officials to reach an agreement on a $1.7 million investment in Prevacus. Prosecutors contend that money was stolen from federal funding aimed at providing services to the poorest residents of one of the nation's poorest states. Two days after Bryant left office in early 2020, he agreed to accept stock from the company. Oh, jeez. Bryant yeah. admitted to Mississippi Today that the timeline, quote, doesn't look good, end quote. <laughs> yeah, you think? Maybe because it's not good. But he claims he never intended to accept Prevacus stock and that he didn't read his text messages closely enough oh, to realize sure. that the company had received public funding. Sure. Said Favre in a text to one of his partners in Prevacus. This is a text again. Don't know if legal or not, but we need to cut him in. <laughs> Favre later said this. Also, if legal, I'll give some of my shares to the governor. Mm. So to be clear, he's saying, look, I don't want to do anything illegal, but what I want to do sounds very illegal. So I'm going to offer to do it. But if it's not legal, just tell me. Right. I guess that's is that a little different than probably not saying, I don't know if it's legal or not to rob this bank, but I'm going to go in there with a gun and ask for money. If they don't give it to me and they tell me it's illegal, I won't do it. But if I do and I get the money. What's the problem? This is not the first time he's had some problems in Mississippi. Brett Favre, mm. when it comes to public money, he took $1.1 million of public welfare funds well, he, for speaking engagements that he never showed up to. To be clear, he was given that by... Like a corrupt politician, I believe. Correct. Correct. And then, but he seems to he seems to know a lot of these corrupt yeah, politicians, and, and seems to benefit somewhat from them, or they seem to benefit from their relationship with him. There's almost like there's a little bit of a quid pro quo network of guys who seem to like all take care of each other. This has never happened in politics ever in America, Mike, where a bunch of rich dudes all kind of pat each other on the back and good things happen for all of them. That's never happened before. And I don't think. Look, I, I know that. You know, just because you've made money doesn't mean you want to make, you have to make more money. But is Brett Favre hurting for cash? Well, I'm going to guess at least on the, okay, the, the money he got for those speaking engagements, he would probably say, what, I'm doing a nice thing. I, yes, I'm getting paid for it, but my time is valuable, but I'm going to go do a nice thing. Then he didn't do the speaking engagements, and then I believe had some trouble getting the money back to the state, well, that's Well, that's the thing, is that it took him like two years. Yes. At first they said, you have to pay us back this money with interest, and it took him two years to pay back the $1.1 and did not pay it back with interest. Right. And there, I believe there was some dispute about it, should he pay it with interest or not, whatever. So he's going to say, hey, that was just a little bit of bookkeeping errors on my part. I don't handle all that stuff. This one, he's probably going to say, look, man, I was, I'm, I'm worried about concussions. What do you want me to do? I'm trying to get this concussion stuff over the line. We're trying to help people. And that's fine. But when you're taking it from money that's supposed to be helping other people in your state, like let's, let's use your big ability to go out and sway people as a sports star. Why don't you go to Congress and not as an elected official, but why don't you go there and ask them and say, hey, we need money for this stuff if that's legal. Right? It is. We see it all the time. Right. So why why are you going through these channels, uh, allegedly, 
with all these people involved in the state. Why is that the way it's happening and not going up higher than that? Why? I don't understand. Uh, Major League Baseball will allow teams to use anti-sign-stealing technology. Pitchers and catchers will have the option to use this new technology. They've been testing it in spring training. Um, it's a pad with buttons on the wrist of the gloved hand. A catcher can signal pitches, pitch type, and location with the suggested selection directly to the pitcher through a listening device. So the catcher can, you know, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm tapping my arm here. But there's, You can go look up on Twitter or anywhere. There's video of this now. If teams have been starting to use it a little bit. They tested this in spring training, and you can see a catcher. It's like on his wristband. It fits right in the wristband, and he just sits there and punches something in like he's on a sci-fi movie or something, and then pitcher can hear instantly a robotic voice say, you know, low inside. Fastball low Fastball inside. Fastball low inside, right. Yeah. And then that's, and then that's, and then it does, theoretically, it's going to speed things up. This goes back to what we've talked about for years on this show. Can you improve the game versus should you improve the game, right? Like, yeah, you can improve this part of it. It will make things a few seconds quicker. I'm quite sure. Is that the aesthetic you're, is that help? Is that, does that feel like baseball as much, right? If, if the pitcher and catcher now have this way to communicate, the guy on second can't look in and try to steal the sign. I love, first of all, I love how this is being marketed as this will put an end to the Houston Astros stealing uh-huh. signs, teams like that. We're never going to feel cheated again because we can be guaranteed that what we're watching is on the up and up. Yes. We have teenagers in this country hacking into Fortune 500 companies and screwing with their HR systems, freezing their bank accounts, creating havoc. You're telling me this technology is so rock solid, there's not going to be a person on earth that can tap into it and hear exactly what's being said to the pitcher. Mike, it's encrypted, so it's pretty much like as solid as Bitcoin or your favorite NFT. I mean, it's right there in that same ballpark. It is secure as secure can get. No okay. one can ever hack anything like that, All I'm right. told. Look, I'm not saying this is a bad development, but it seems to be being rushed into practice fairly quickly. Well, it, you just brought up in the last segment, or earlier this segment, because time is a flat circle for me, that we're we're kind of glossing over the DH just being in the National League. That's just like, oh yeah, we knew it was coming, it's happening, it's happening. That's going to be a big change. That is a difference in baseball that we have not seen ever for the National League. Now, well, I guess we've seen in the pandemic, but bear with. Now, you are also going to have, everyone is technically allowed to use this, although not everyone will choose to. Right. There will be lots of pitchers and catchers who probably say, yeah, this is fine. That's what I want. So that will be another aesthetic thing that is going to look different this year. Will the game speed up a few minutes where they use this? That I wonder. I wonder if it will truly speed up games or not. But it's a very unique tool that they are going to have at their disposal. I also, in watching the video of this, don't understand how someone couldn't just glance down at what the guy's punching in and figure out the signal. Of course you could. I mean, it is a directional pad that shows like this. I mean, you can't hear the pitch, I guess, he's selecting, right? So that you may not know. But if you know where roughly the location of it's going to be, you could still take a pretty good guess. Also, most of these guys know where the location they are Look, getting a pitch that, is, mostly. That's the thing. All of this is based on everybody in the stadium using the honor system. That was the issue with the Houston Astros and with sign stealing in the in the past, is you have cameras in the outfield, 
Yeah. Right. You have tech. It's not the not necessarily the the runner on second stealing the sign. That's been going on for 150 years. It's the camera in the outfield stealing the sign and then broadcasting that to the dugout who's getting it to the player on the field. This is using technology to steal signs. Why would this be any different? Yeah, I, I guess theoretically because it would speed it up even if you can get the sign in. By the time you can process what it is and then relay it back to the hitter, the pitch is already on the way. Maybe there's not enough time for them to see. I don't know. What I what I do know is this. I heard your guy, Tony La Russa, come out and he say, stop it. he said, this is fine, this is good, but you know what we could really do to stop sign stealing is have the guy on second turn around and face the outfield until the pitch is called. And then That is the, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my he life. He said it! That's what what he, an idiot! Turn he around not, until the pitch is called. Yeah, he said he's not he's not against this. He's just saying for the pitch this will still not eliminate for the pitchers who don't feel comfortable with it. So why don't we just make sure everybody who's ever on second has to turn around for a minimum amount of time and then they can turn back around once the pitch so is called. So what does that mean? You have to stay on the base? Yeah, well you pitch. stay on while everybody's and then you get I don't know who does someone else signal that guy to say now you can flip back around and you can start jumping off the bag? Like I don't <laughs> It's the dumbest thing I've heard in my life. I know. Get out of here. Right. It's uh, at some point, I agree with you. Technology, bad. Here, Here's the only way you probably fix a lot of this problem, like, honestly, is if you somehow made every Major League ballpark like a Wi-Fi and Internet dead zone, which they'll never do because who wants to go to a baseball game and not be able to check their phone every now and then, right? But if you made it so that no one could use any electronic communications, then you would just be back to the guy on second tries to steal a sign, all the old-timey baseball stuff that used to go on, and that would be it, and the game would move pretty quick. But because now you're right, there's always going to be this technology stuff. There will be a way for the technology to work for the players, but there will also be a way that someone could try to cheat with it. Technology is also advanced to the point where you can make you can make dugouts and clubhouses technology dead zones during that's, the game. That's true. You could make it so that guys can't look at video. I again get rid of all the video. Oh, no, get rid no, of all we that. can't have no video during the games. I've been told by Major League Baseball players they can't they can't do their job. Unless they can watch video during the game. I know. Ridiculous. Okay. All right, whatever. Uh, Pete Carroll calls out NFL owners. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads right now. You'll find some delays on I-70 downtown split westbound between the 71 east split and the 71 315 west split. Traffic is delayed on 71 northbound between 670 and 17th Avenue. And plan on slowdowns on I-70 eastbound between Livingston Avenue and US-33. This traffic report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low-down payments and flexible payment options to help the customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Just be glad you aren't as stupid as these two. Oh, yes. This, this is Common Man and T-Bone. Game show is coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. What's the game today, Boner? Uh, This week we are going to do real or fake headliner. I'm going to give you a concert coming up in Columbus, give you two bands, and you tell me which one is the real headliner of that concert and which one I just made up out of nowhere. Uh, Pete Carroll is calling out NFL owners. Yeah, so there was, of course, this NFL owners meeting, the league meetings that were going on in Florida. And apparently, in the league meetings, he said that they need to hire more minority candidates. And that that won't improve until more minority candidates are in the building and owners basically get away from hiring people 
who look like them. This is according to ESPN's Adam Schefter as to what Pete Carroll said. He apparently spoke for 10 minutes during a meeting of GMs and coaches in Palm Beach. Yeah, he didn't say this in front of the owners. No, he said this to the GMs and coaches, which I don't know. Was Pete Carroll, are coaches given an opportunity to like go in front of the owners and be like, hey, let me tell you what I'm thinking? That seems like something the owners wouldn't necessarily really care to hear. Am I wrong? I don't know. But either way, he said this to the GMs and coaches last Tuesday. Comments came a day after the league announced that all 32 NFL teams must hire a minority offensive assistant coach for the 2022 season. So, there you go. That's what Pete Carroll said. Whatever. Pete Carroll has become the poster boy for, we should do things a certain way. Well, are you going to do them that way? No, not me. Somebody needs to do them a certain way. Now, I understand that Pete Carroll cannot change his race. I got it. I'm not expecting Pete Carroll to go and say, I resign because I'm not a minority candidate. I understand that. But he's had other opportunities, most notably bringing in a guy like Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. who we speak so highly of, but then when asked, well, is he a fit for your team? Well, I don't know about that. Somewhere, somewhere he's a fit. Right, especially given that they are now in a situation where they don't exactly have a solid answer at quarterback. Wouldn't be, a, I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? Drew Locke goes out there, wins the job. Colin Kaepernick is the backup. I don't, I, I don't know, man. I, I tend to think if everyone's so high on Drew Locke, why are you afraid of having a competent backup for him? His, you know, like, his point is not wrong, of course, but he's far from the only one saying it. No, I know. I mean, I, I'll i say this. I appreciate Pete Carroll's willingness to at least speak his mind about some of these things. Some will probably point to the fact that during his time as the head coach of the Seahawks, he himself has not had a minority hire at offensive coordinator. He's had... Uh, He's had several assistant defensive coordinators. Yeah, defensive coordinators who have been black. Chris Richard, Ken Norton Jr., and Clint Hurt. But that's not, you know, in the offensive side of things. I don't think that means he's disingenuous or anything no, else. I'm not, I'm not what saying, saying that, but, you know, we're, we're done with talking about this now. There has to be action. Well, right. And that's and, the message that has to come from the NFL if they're serious about this. Yeah, and they've done the thing with the Rooney rule now where they're they're going to have these extra positions and they're going to make you also hire yeah, that's fine. or interview but women candidates. It's but. time to start treating these. But you know what? I talked about this with uh, Jen Winters, who was filling in on the program yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah. Did you read some of the fine print about the the women candidates? I didn't get to the read Rooney all of it. Rule. No, I did not see that. Where, uh, you know, any other, you're a white candidate, you can interview on Zoom. <laughs> Right, oh, that's, if, I did hear. About but if that, you're a yes. female or minority candidate, you can't interview that way. You have to go into the facility, presumably because they have to like take pictures of you and prove that it existed. Uh, look, look, yeah. there's a woman here. We interviewed her. Are we good now? Everything's okay. We well, can prove it. Let's uh, just on that on that front, right? With the Rooney Rule, I appreciate the spirit of what they're trying to do there. But let's think about this: How many female coordinators are there in the league? Zero, right? Unless I miss something, there's no female, female coordinators. Right? No, Look, there's no female coaches. Right. Well, no, there, there there are assistant coaches. There are people like they're, they're like are, yes, very low level. Yes, they're the equivalent of grad assistants. Yes, but that is that is something that is starting to become more of a thing, and good for the NFL for at least having that. But how in the world, if Eric Bieniemy can walk into multiple interviews year after year after year as a high level offensive coordinator with a background, Byron Leftwich. High-level offensive coordinator with a playing background can walk into these interviews and not get the jobs. 
How in the world are we thinking that a a head coaching opportunity is going to be there for a female candidate who's not even at the coordinator level? That is the bigger issue with the NFL, right? Uh, you look at in the in the NBA, Becky Harmon was uh, an assistant on Greg Popovich's staff, and I believe is the G League coach now for a team. I want to say, uh, but in any way, WNBA team. Well, now she, okay, so now she's with the WNBA, but before that, she was the Spurs. I want to say their G League coach. She's been viewed as someone who could get a real shot at an NBA head coaching job as a woman down the road. Why is that? Because she's been in the position now multiple times where you've seen her at the high level position that working right under a legendary coach knows all the ins and outs of being a head coach in the NBA, even if she hasn't done it herself yet. That That is a very different situation. But why has that occurred? Because... A guy like Greg Popovich, who probably feels the same way as Pete Carroll does, has actually gone out of his way to make it happen, right? I mean, to your point, Pete Carroll can say all these nice things, and I'm glad he's trying to push the ball forward, but you're going to need a lot of Pete Carrolls actually doing the things Pete Carroll's saying, not just saying, we need to do more of this. You're right. You need to step up and try to make that happen more often, if that's what you truly believe in. Joe Davis... The TV voice of the Dodgers is Fox's pick to take over for Joe Buck. Pick, pick for World Series broadcasts. So, congratulations to Joe Davis. He is a name that we had heard about that they liked. Well, I've not heard you've... enough of him to really form an opinion. If you're doing Dodgers games, I assume you're uh, probably one of the better guys out there, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I assume I... that you are, but you're probably also dry as a popcorn fart. But whatever. Well, you know, though, that's what. That's what I find to be very interesting about how we're going in sports media these days. The guys like Joe Buck used to be considered dry as a popcorn fart to a lot of people who were used to, you know, Pat Summerall and John Madden. Now Joe Buck is edgy. That's what I'm saying. Like now he's the guy who lays it all out there and kind of has a little bit of sauce to him. So now the next guy has to be like the Kevin Burkharts of the world are drier than that. And then those guys, when they do this for 10 or 15 years, they're going to be considered like, wow, that's the standard. So then the next guy's going to be like, let's go even safer than that. Eventually, you're going to have a wheat thin calling games at the Fox. They're just going to have a, a random like multi-grain cracker just sitting there talking, and that's it. Because it will be stale and boring, and no one will care what it says. I just I love Fox, where it's like, hey, baseball package. Money is no option. Football package. We have to have it. Broadcasters, let's pay someone $5. You know and the let's Joe hope Davis. They have, let's hope they have health care somewhere else. Right, and Kevin Burkhardt, they're not making any money. No, their primary gigs are somewhere else, I'm assuming, I right? I mean, look, well, I, Joe Davis is going to still do Dodger games. Right. And what does Burkhardt do other than NFL he stuff? He does studio stuff for Fox. That's right, okay. Well, all right, he at least he's, on, he's at least stuff. on the Fox payroll as a full-time guy, though. That's different than the guy they're going to have on their number one call, which I know when Thom was in the mix, right? He had the Reds gig, and they still had him do things, but he wasn't their number one guy. That was always still Buck. Well, and Buck had the Cardinals job for a long time, too. That's true. You're right. And then he stopped to do Fox things. Maybe he'll be. Maybe he'll be great. Maybe Joe Davis will be great. I just... The pattern now with Fox and the announcers is that we'll we'll pay for the actual product, but we won't pay for the guy announcing the product. And don't get me wrong. If the game's good, I could care a little bit less about who's calling the game. Until you hear Tim McCarver talking. Right. Until you, you hear someone who's egregiously bad right, and you go, exactly. whoa, hang on, that's that's crazy. Until A-Rod starts talking about how an even lead is better than an odd lead. 
Right. You're up by yes. two runs, you're all right. Right. You're I'm up just, by three runs, that's dangerous. We don't like that. That, that Duke-North Carolina game, yes. Jim Nance makes that a great call. But if it was one of the other broadcasters they had had, not Jim Nance, I'm sure it still would have been easy to watch because it was a really good game. At some point, yes, the announcers do matter because they you have to be really good at this. It's just if you... Fox is saying if we have great games, who cares? And we'll find out if their bet is correct. Rapid fire coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident on 270 southbound before I-70. This crash is reportedly in the ramp and local lanes to I-70. Please be very careful over here as traffic begins to build. Plan about a 10 to 15 minute slowdown. This traffic report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options that the customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. I'm Leanna Ray with Van Traffic. Objects in radio may be dumber than they appear. This is Man and Bone. Rapid Fire is coming up in mere moments. If you haven't done so already, please go to wherever you get your audio. Google, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Search Common Man and T-Bone. You will see our cartoon faces pop up. And click subscribe. Every single show comes right to your device free of charge. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a nice five-star review. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Rapid hire. Rapid, rapid fire. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. All right, Teddy. Rapid fire number one. Which crappy team will finish with more wins this season, the Reds or the Guardians? Uh, uh, I'll, I'll go with the Guardians, although I'm not confident about it. Yeah, I'm not either. As much as the Reds have gotten rid of a bunch of guys... Uh, I'll I'll go Guardians too, but it's a very iffy and tough call there. Rapid fire number two. Which Ohio professional team has the worst ownership group? See, this is tough now because if you asked me this question twelve months ago, my answer is is uh, quick, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. But again, does getting to one Super Bowl? negate all the other stuff. That's why I couldn't stand all these fluffy pieces about Mike Brown when they were playing in the AFC Championship game and see, look, nobody cares like Mike Brown and his patience has been rewarded. And Look, both things can be true. Your team is having a nice season and your owner is a cheap piece of crap. I don't know if one winning season changes all of that. It is a tight race because there's a lot of crap in this state when it comes to ownership, but I am still going to go with Mike Brown and company. I'm I'm going to say with the idea of trying to win games and trying to do that, the Reds actually have the worst ownership group. I will say Bob Castellini is a cheapskate, just as cheap as Mike Brown. He is he is cheap, but the Dolans are five times richer than Bob Castellini. No, I know. You're right. You're right. The Dolans are... Th- that's why it makes it tough, right? I was going to say they, they are very close to each other in that regard, too. For me personally, and I guess this is more of a doing things your fans don't like, the Haslam's have to be in that conversation. Now, they are spending a lot of money, and they spend it all over the place, and they obviously, as we'll talk about later, but don't they even saved, know what they're they doing at the team. time. Yeah, they saved my team. They it's fine. The and then they came in and said, oh, yeah, but we don't hate the, we hate the logo. We're going to change that. Oh, hey, yeah, we, we saw the Bengals are good, so let's go out and hire a guy who's got 22 allegations against him. That's what they're doing. So th- you got a lot of bad in this state is what I'm saying. I would say, though, the Haslam's have to be in the mix, too. It's a close race, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Rapid fire number three. 
Do you like the casual look by college basketball coaches, or do you prefer them in a suit? I am in the minority. I think all coaches at all levels should be in suits. I like suits. Baseball? Uh, yes. You know what? Connie Mack me. I want right. to. I want to look over and see these guys mm. in suits. What's more ridiculous? Seeing them in a suit I know, I or know. seeing them wearing pajamas, <laughs> which is what they're wearing now. Right. I agree with that. I mean that. And most of, what have most of the baseball coaches done anyway? They're like, I don't really want to wear the jersey top. I'll just wear a pullover. That's yeah, what the college, exactly. the college coaches are wearing pullovers. The NFL coaches, largely, they're in the pullover camp now. I'm fine with casual. In fact, I would like to see basketball coaches go one level higher. I want to see jeans and like the white New Balances. I want to see that look. Because I know there's more than a few of those guys who rock that on the All weekend. Right, so you want to take it a step down. Not even super casual. I want to go, everybody's wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. That's what it I'll say to be. tie optional, though, with the suit. I oh, prefer okay. a tie, but tie optional. Rapid fire number four. If you were DK Metcalf in, in eating three to four bags of candy a day, then what candy are you selecting? How are we classifying candy? Are we just doing sugary stuff and no chocolate, or is chocolate allowed? I mean, I, I, I say all types. I assume that's all chocolate. Yeah, right? mix it, mix it, I say candy. mix it up a little. Yeah, whatever, whatever candies you like. Okay, well, I only asked because my sister-in-law one year said she was giving up candy for Lent, but she kept eating chocolate. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, because dark chocolate's good for you. Oh, okay. Dark I chocolate's see. good. has antioxidants. <laughs> antioxidants. Yes. That's what I have. And yeah. I love Kings of Leon. Mm, I guess. <laughs> um, for me, it would be peanut butter M and M's. Mm. It would be Reese's Pieces because mm. I, I like mm. both of those. Mm. But then I I do feel like I need to throw in a gummy product. I'm going to go with the gummy lifesavers. I actually like the little the the basically little mini gummy donuts is what they taste like to me. I'll do three bags of candy. That'd be my three. I like that. I like your first two. But we can't have the same list. I'm going to go with a sour gummy candy. Mm, and I'll go sure. with the trolleys. Yeah, trolleys are good. Trolley. That's a good call there. Rapid fire number five. Each year at the Masters, the previous year's winner gets to select the menu for the champion's dinner. If you got to select the meal, then what would be your appetizer, main course, and dessert? And I'm going super casual with my meal. My appetizer would be uh, either like a selection of, of meatballs and sauce or like a fried calamari. Hmm. All right, All I'm, right, I'm doing that. And then I want thin crust sausage pizza. Ooh. Square cut Ooh. as my main course. You know, because you're talking to people. You just pick up a piece. Yeah, sure. Eat with your hands. Don't have to worry about a big floppy piece of pizza. Have the smaller pieces of pizza. And then for dessert, I'm going to keep it super simple and give everybody a pint of Ben & Jerry's ice cream. You get your own pint right there. Our desserts are going to be very similar. My app that I would go with, I would actually go with a shrimp cocktail. Mm, I love a good shrimp cocktail. I mean, I, I a do cold want cocktail. Cold cocktail, and I want the spicy. Or Saint Al- yeah, St. Elmo's, All right. do that kind of thing. I'm going to go real basic with the dinner, steak and potatoes. And then I'll do, we, we can have a few different varieties, right? You could have like a baked potato, twice baked potato, maybe all gratin, have them all smashed and mashed, whatever way you want to go. And then for dessert, we just wheel out a a full size Dairy Queen into the middle of mm. whatever place they do this dinner, and you're just the only thing you can order is blizzards. It's a blizzard bar, so they have all the mix ins and maybe some custom ones that you can't get. Little off menu selection because it is the Masters, but you have to go up. There's a DQ employee there. Mike Todd is there with his you know Dairy Queen uniform on, and he does the blizzard machine and then dips it upside down yeah. and hands it to you. 
and that's what you get. I do have a bone to pick with Dairy Queen. What's that? I know certain locations still have it, but I, I went to a Dairy Queen a couple weeks ago, and I was in the mood for a cherry dip cone. Cherry dip? Oh, yeah. And they said, we don't have cherry dip. Oh. Not all locations, huh? Nope. Interesting. Cherry dip should be at every single location. How do you feel about a butterscotch dip? That's fine. I like knowing that it's there. Even if you don't get it very I get often. it like once every five years, but I right. like knowing that it's there. But the cherry dip, that's what you dip? want. Yes. I don't do a lot of dipped ice cream cones. I'm not against them. I just, I rarely do them at all, is what I'm saying. Any of the flavors. But if they went away, wouldn't you be sad? I would be sad. Knowing that that option was not there for you? Also, you should be able to dip anything yep. there. Like, if I want to dill it, well, I know they, that's what a dilly bar is, right? It's already dipped. It's already dipped. But what if I want it again? Or what if I Double want, dip? like, a, or a butterscotch dip on mm. the chocolate oh. dip, mm. right? What if I want to layer all three? How come we don't have a peanut butter dip? Good question. That's a great question. Yep. And I'm saying, too, if I say, give me 10 dips, I will sit there for an hour while you dip one, let it harden, dip it again, and I go back and forth on it. I want something where I try to bite into it and my tooth gets chipped off. That's the type of level of dip I want on an ice cream cone. Going back to your uh, steaks that you would serve. Yeah. Is there a particular cut of steak? You know what? Let's go. Let's go. Real trendy right now with all the like Instagram influencers, the big old tomahawks. Let's just oh, okay, have all that. Right. Yeah, you let's want do the some caveman looking bone. thing. Yeah, well, it's, I mean that fits right. I'm if I get to call it, I should have something with a bone. You know, in sometimes it. what what will happen if you go to one of those really fancy places, the restaurant will brand the name. Oh, on the bone, on the bone. That's nice. So you could have T Bone branded. Mm. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, can't shouldn't you serve T Bones though? No, I mean, you are T-bone. No, but that's what they're expecting. I want to go a little, I'm going to go the tomahawk route, and it's like, it's not a T-bone, though. It's, it's, it's still nice. You know, when I was a younger man, because you talked about your choice of potatoes, mm-hmm. I always looked at people who got steaks and fries as weird. Why? And now as, I don't know why, because it's like, well, why would you get fries? You can get fries with burgers. Now as an adult, that's all I want is yeah. steak and fries. I mean, I understand if you say, hey, I'm just not in the mood for that, but it's potatoes. There's a million different ways we cook know, potatoes. The thin, if you crispy like, fries with yeah. a steak, and then oh. the steak juice gets in the fry. And what I like to do, too, is you get like a little Bernays side on the sauce. You can dip the meat and the fries oh, in the Bernays that. sauce. Yeah. I have a hofty. The uh, cheapo version of that is the A1 sauce on the side, and then you can dip the steak. Yep. Don't go to don't go to a steakhouse and ask for a. You know what? Do do what you want to do. Live your life. You know who used to uh, go to the hundred dollars steakhouse and ask for steak sauce? Who's I know that? this because I went with him once. Who's that? Kirk Herb Street. Are you kidding me? I'm dead serious. We went to Mitchell's Steakhouse. This is probably I don't know seventeen years ago or something. Come on. And he got of course he got the you know most expensive steak in the house because he's Herbie. And by the way, let him live. But he asked for a one on the side. I want to be very clear. I'm not judging most people if they do that. I'm judging Herbie because I feel like Herbie does a lot of judging. I'm judging you if it's a prime piece of meat. No, but I'm saying right, in Herb Street's case. You're picking up an everyday steak fine. at the grocery store. I want it up. That's fine. In Herb Street's case, he seems like he does a lot of judgment. So judging right back on Ask you, Ask me how he got that steak done, too. Oh, well done. WD, baby. Oh, good WD-40. What a child. <laughs> what a baby. Little hey. child man walking around with his doofy haircut. The Haslams say they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Now they do. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. 
Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slow traffic to watch out for right now. You are going to find some delays on I-71 northbound between 670 and 17th Avenue. And more slowdowns on Route 315 southbound between Lane Avenue and I-70. This traffic report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options. Stop the customer stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Highly medicated, barely educated. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Game show coming up at 534. What's the game this week, Boner? We're going to play real or fake concert headliner. I'll give you a concert coming to Columbus and uh, two bands. You tell me which one's the real band and which one is completely fake. Major League Baseball says the entire league will wear Dodger blue on April 15th for Jackie Robinson Day. So regardless of your uniform color, you will your uniform color will be Dodger blue. It's the 75th anniversary of him breaking the color barrier. That's a. I think that's a very nice gesture. I mean, yeah, good for them. Yeah, it's cool, and and I assume this will look a lot like what you see in you know like the NBA All Star Game or that where they have a color scheme and then one team wears one of them, then the other one wears the away version of that. I that's think it's well just the number is going to be blue, right? Oh, is that it? I thought it was the whole uniform that was going to be blue. The, the way I read it is that the number on all the uniforms will be Dodger blue. In the past, they weren't. Okay. They were. Oh, all right. I actually wish the whole I whole, wish the whole uniform was Dodger blue. But don't the I mean again this is I know this is the the home uniform right? But don't the Dodgers technically wear red numbers on the front of their jerseys when they are? I mean I know no. they no they're blue. No, what are we talking? What am I thinking of? Then? I don't know. Let the Dodgers yeah, they have, their, their uniforms are white. The home uniforms yeah. the numbers are blue. They're not red. Okay. And I guess I'm thinking of something. What team does? No, I'm not. I'm not crazy. Go look up a Dodgers uniform right now. Look at the front of the number and tell me I'm wrong. There's a red 50 on Mookie Betts' Dodgers jersey. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, the back is a blue number. Oh, okay. but All right. On the front, Dodgers numbers have you, always been red on the front. Why are you so upset about this? Sorry, Bone. You're right. Both the baseball You're guys right. on this show are like, nah, man, man. well, I was thinking about the back. I didn't think about the <laughs> I back. I said on the front of the jersey, they wear a red number. Right. He's so upset. Yeah. It's really God. dumb, doesn't it, though? The red. It does on look the front. I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm just saying. Nice little throw in story about Jackie Robinson. T Bone's got to make it all about himself. <laughs> you didn't break That's the right. color barrier. <laughs> that with you. Are you sure? I don't even. Are we sure of that? You weren't sure about the Dodgers uniforms. I don't know if you know anything anymore. The Haslam's admitted they didn't know anything when they first bought the Browns. They were talking to Skeet Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal or Nate Ulrich, whatever. Hmm. Uh, D said, "No, no, you don't know anything." Jimmy said, "We did a lousy job at first. I mean, let's just face it. It's probably fair to say we didn't know what we were doing." In some ways, I go, 10 years, we haven't won very many games, so I look at it that way. Now, <laughs> what you know, that, I, I guess what does that quote even mean, I don't, know what, I don't know what it means. Does that make any sense to now, anyone outside of his own head? Now they know what they're doing. They still have a uh, quarterback on their roster they can't get rid of, but now they know what they're doing. They know doing. what they're doing. They here. Here's the current quarterback situation for the Browns. Uh, they have a quarterback, like you mentioned, they don't know what to do with and can't get rid of, but can't cut him because they know the second they do, he'll go to the Steelers and probably destroy them in two straight games against the Steelers. The other thing they have is they signed a guy who reset the quarterback market for the NFL, and that guy, they don't know if he's eligible to play this year or not. So that's what that's them knowing what they're doing. Well, you were out this week, too. And look, I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan in the world, both on the field and off the field. But Andrew Barry was asked if he had any regrets about the way he handled the situation. Mm. 
And he said, my only real regret is that I didn't give Baker Mayfield a, a heads up that we were going to go talk to Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you should have. Of course you, you should. Know, that's just common courtesy. I'm not saying you have to seek his approval. I'm not saying it's Swayze either way when you're on the phone with him. But you pick up the phone. You say to Baker Mayfield, hey, man to man, I just want you to know we're going down to Houston tomorrow and meeting with Deshaun Watson. So when you read about it on Twitter, it is us there. That is what we're doing. And I'm letting you know as a professional. Well, I mean, I would also think the other way would be acceptable, too. If you work at a job for two months and then, like, I don't know, you work at a store because you're just trying to pick up some quick work here or there, and then another opportunity comes up and you don't go consult the store and tell them, like, hey, I'm taking another opportunity. You just kind of turn in your two weeks and you're out and that's that. That's totally fine. Here at this radio station, I would feel bad. Mike, I think you would probably feel the same way. If, like... I was pursuing other opportunities, but didn't tell anyone Speak here. Yourself. I was in a job interview during the last break. <laughs> I zoomed in. I'm saying I would feel bad doing that here because we've worked together for 10 years. They presumably assume I'm going to be here for a while. I plan on being here for a while. But if I was doing that, I'd feel really crappy just walking in and be like, yeah, two weeks. See you later. You know, figure well, things it's out. Just, it's not just doing that. It's hearing it from someone else. Well, right. Not even getting the call there. That's, That's how he heard it. He heard about it on social media. Just remember, the Browns, top class organization. It's all I ever hear is how great of an organization they well, are. And Except that, look, then they don't they don't treat guys right like that. And Baker, by the way, I'm not his biggest fan either. No, as that you has nothing aware. to do with that. But if you're going to have team sources leaking to the media that you want an adult at the quarterback position, mm-hmm. well, then you act like an adult, too. Yeah, you have to actually call up the other adult and do a big boy thing and say, hey, just want you to know this may tick you off, but we're looking at someone else for this position. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident. Still causing slowdowns on 270 southbound before I-70. It is in the ramp and local lanes to I-70. Caution is advised. You'll also find some heavy backups on 71 northbound between 670 and 17th Avenue. That's going to be a five-minute delay. Starving Report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples is a one-stop shipping solution for small business with packing and shipping supplies and services. Right now, get 15% off UPS ground and 20% off UPS Express shipping services. Offer ends on the 30th. Details at staplesconnect.com services slash shipping ship at staples only at array with fan traffic filthy mouths bad attitudes and ugly haircuts it's called cabbage this is common man and t-bone dick masher ford fan poll if tiger plays in the masters this week do you expect him to make the cut i don't know teddy if Tiger plays, is he making the cut? If he's playing, he's making the cut. Take it to the bank? Book it. Bank All it. All right. Re-rack well, that- it. <laughs> Re-rack it. I agree. <laughs> yes. Make sure you keep racking everything. Did Rimmer call you during the show today like he did yesterday? No, I sent him a text earlier, though, just to let him know about tomorrow, kind of remind him, so and for, he gave me a thumbs up. That was it. missed that yesterday. Now, again, his segment is Wednesday, Yeah, but he decided he had to talk to Ted during the show. During the show yesterday to set up the Wednesday thing, which is a thing we've now been doing for what, seven months at this point, like this year, and have done for years on end previous to this. But he felt like he had to call in yesterday during the show to set up this very vital meeting on the air. So can I tell you something I appreciate about Rimmer? Yeah, go I ahead. Don't, I don't do this often where I talk about how much I appreciate something, mm-hmm. but I'm being genuine when I say this. I have never met a man 
who enjoys to gossip more than Jeff Rimmer. That's good. And I appreciate it. Ah, because, you know, so you know, so many people you meet now, it's like, oh, I'm above talking about other people behind their back. No! I am not above it. Yeah, I, know I like not. talking about people behind their back. And Rimmer and I are the same when it comes guys, to that. You guys get down on that. Oh, you man. enjoy it quite a bit. We just rip everybody new BHs mm, every single time. <laughs> that's the one thing we have in common. Yes, but does it ever, like, do you guys ever walk away from conversations? I guess you must be aware that everyone is then doing that with you. Yes. Like, and Rimmer's doing that Absolutely. with you when he walks away and talks to his I people. I hope he does. I hope and, he is. And obviously you're doing it when you walk away and talk to your people. Absolutely. Right. Except I, I do it in front of thousands of people when I talk, well, I know to, that. talk about him. I, I rip him in front of all of you. <laughs> True enough. Oh, man. We had some doozies last week. Oh, the behind the scenes oh, talk? just talking about people. I bet. You have anything people, to say about Bobby Orr? Or? The, no, he loves Bobby Orr. Okay. But, uh, you know, as you get older, maybe you mellow a little bit. You don't hate as many people. Does not apply to Jeff Rimmer. Well, that's he why hates more people that is today. why you two will get along. Yes, I hate more and more people every day. Yeah, I, I don't. I believe that I have mellowed over the years to some degree on my level of anger and yeah, frustration. It bothers me. It aggravates I me. I know it does. Because I, I want to connect with you and on you hatred. Well, you don't. we don't speak the same love language, which in yours is hate. Yes. Like, there's, like they always have those, like, what's your love language? Is it physical touch or gifts <laughs> or acts of kindness? Yours is like utter hatred, hatred. of every human I've ever hey, that's, met. You know what? And that's why I get sometimes upset with my wife is she will make excuses for people. Mm-hmm. And it, it bugs the, the hell I'm, out of I've me. I've never done that. So well, I know. Uh, and it bugs me the hell out of me when you do it, too. You know, it's funny. My wife hates it when I do that to her. Or she'll just be, like, telling me about someone who's annoying in her life or her circle of friends. And I'm just like, well, but you never know. What could they have? Well, and, and, and it, she's it, like, it shut up. It frustrates Kristen because she'll say, like, what do you want from me? I want you to get down in the mud and hate people with me. That's what I want. And then she'll do that sometimes. <laughs> and it's great. Does when she, she walks in the door and says, let me tell you about this bitch, it's going to be the greatest <laughs> night of my life. Then we, we talk about people and then do it right there on the kitchen table. It's erotic. And you're screaming out other people's names, but they're all people I that you hate. hate. You. Right. You're just yelling yes. about people you hate. And you're, yeah, there you go. Very interesting. That's what makes our relationship work. Me and my wife and Jeff Rimmer. Hmm. And really, you too. When, I, when I you know. get down in the mud oh, with me I do, too, yeah, you, oh, can, you can hate. I do hate. Well, you listen. come off as like I'm a good guy. I love everybody. When I you hate say. somebody, you really hate them. No, I do. I I have my people that are on my list that are yes, I very much don't like. You hear about them on the show. I'm just no, saying, but you know, all, behind the scenes, all right, I mean. fine. But I'm saying, like, people are aware when I don't like somebody on the air. Like you've heard me go there and I'd like over the weekend I was saying how much coach K annoys me people were like where's all this coming from what's that about and it's like you know what it's about he doesn't have any haters someone needs to hate on him that's me that's where I come in I'm happy to I'll do tell that you what's the best with you though is when you used to stick up for somebody oh and then they've wronged you and now you hate them I Wait, love that sometimes well it is that but sometimes it's also I've stuck up for them and stuck up for them. And, and they let you down. They not even let me down. They've just been bad. And I'm. And at some point, I'm just, it's the waves of hatred washing mm -hmm. over me to say, you know what? Why am I fighting this? <laughs> Physical waves a, of hatred. I'm a pebble of sand on this beach. I'm going to just ride the tide here. Yes, they are awful. You are correct.
Mm-hmm. You do wear me down on that. But it's not that you're you were wrong before and I was right. It's that you were always right on that. That's right. And I just didn't see it. And look, maybe you're saying, common man, why do you think you're so special? You must be new to the show because nobody hates themselves like I hate myself. Oh, all yeah, right. I, I know it's that. It's not just me hating other people. It's me hating myself. There I are, have long said, what self-respecting person doesn't hate themselves? Well, and I don't know if anybody, if everyone can relate to this. I'm sure some of you can. If you are in a friendship, relationship, whatever, with someone who truly hates themselves, there are times where you, Mike and I will argue about him where I'm on his side and he's not. Where I'm yelling at him like, no, that was a good thing you did. And you're like, oh, shut up. You suck. I suck. And I'm like, what? No. I'm. How am I getting yelled at by you defending you? Because you're wrong. Right. I don't understand that. No, you're a good person. No, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> you have no idea what's going on in my head right now. <laughs> you could see my thoughts. Right. You would commit me instantly. I'm trying I would to be in the nut house. Trying to like build you up to say no, but there are moments you're like, don't defend me. I suck. And I'm like, no, but but you've got some good qualities. And you're like, shut up. I'm like, all right, I don't know what to do with this. I thought it was a good thing to help your friends kind of find some positives, but no, I guess not. Rundown. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Mr. Rooter Plumbing. Call Mr. Rooter. They'll be there quick. Jackets losing overtime to Boston last night. Brad Marchand is a piece of crap. I hate him. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you that. I hate him. I hate the league. I hate the league for enabling him. And if you see blue checkmark guy on Twitter trying to tell you about hockey, trying to say, well, hey, that was just a good hit. You guys don't hear talking about. He went for the head. Don't give me this. He played the body BS. He has a reputation for doing this. The league doesn't care. No fine for him. Play continued. They scored a goal. No penalty. He's a piece of crap. I hate everybody. Yeah, you know, I've said it before. I have two problems on this play, and that is that one... I don't know how Marshan does not get a penalty for that hit, how it does not get looked at. But then you have the fact that you have a Jackets player laying on the ice and play is allowed to continue. That's a separate issue that's also bad. And I know, again, blue checkmark hockey guy will come in and say, well, but, you know, technically the rule's bad. Fine. I don't care if the rule, the rule is bad. Change the rule. I don't know why we have to go through this idiotic song and dance with the NHL where it's like, well, no, technically their rules say they don't have to stop play. Yeah, they're the ones who tell us every five seconds they care about player safety, and then they let guys like Marshan just go out there and do whatever they want. They let the Tom Wilsons of the world exist and be that guy for a career and not really get severely punished over it multiple times. Yeah, that's what's frustrating. So I blame the NHL ultimately, but you said it right in the 3 o'clock hour, Mike. If If the league is not going to protect players, then every team has to take it on themselves to protect yeah, their then guys. Yeah, then you go out and get your guys then. Yeah, go get go get the guys who will go out there and take on Martian and, and treat him the way he treats everybody else. Go ahead. Get some guys who will light that dude up. Teddy yelled at me because I didn't play the right open. Oh. well, what? It, what okay. There was a new open I was supposed to play. Oh, well, okay. All right. You're talking and Teddy's yelling at me. Go, you can't go, hear it. But. Go play the new open. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Sponsored by Mr. Rooter Plumbing. 855-MISTERS. I could have just said the phone number. I'm the sponsor for him, Teddy. Oh, my God. You should have heard him yelling at me. Yeah, I know. I told you before the show, why didn't you play the damn... You know what, Ted? Next time, just open up your microphone and have everybody hear you. I don't know why you're trying to be stealth. T-Bone was talking, so I wanted to let you know (laughs) that you played the wrong... I'm saying all everybody hears is nice Ted. Nice, Mm -hmm. friendly, aw shucks, hillbilly Ted. (laughs) I hear the wrath of Ted. 
Yes, and again, to to pull the curtain back, Ted usually does, is that the right open? Is that the one I told you to play three hours ago, or is that the one you played, you dumbass? Played the wrong open, numb nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the right very, one. It's a very calm telling off, but you still get told off. I think you played the wrong one. I, I'm not sure, but I played maybe it. Yeah. you should check it, yeah. Yeah. Kansas comes from 16 down to beat North Carolina and win the championship. I thought it was over. I thought North Carolina had it at halftime, Bone. Well, everybody should, right? When you're up 15 at halftime, you should think that that's going to hold. But it's a game of runs. We should have known better, as Richard Marks likes to say. And the (laughs) Kansas Jayhawks went all the way. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. I don't care. What's the difference? Okay. I don't know that it's a, I don't know that it's totally a game of runs to that level, but yeah, you got to give credit to Kansas for staying in it. It's also an egregious thing. I, I would guess that the Carolina players, Hubert Davis, they, they have to be feeling like they got hit by a train, right? Cause you're, you're, you're up 15 at halftime. You have one half to go. You have knocked off Duke, not once, but twice. You ended Mike Shefsky's career. The capper on this season, which didn't go the way you thought it would, now could be a national championship, right? They didn't have the best regular season record. They weren't a great team. They were an eight seed. Yeah. And they go from all that to now being one half of basketball away from winning a national title. And they have a 15 point lead. And then they have one of the worst halves of basketball. They probably collectively, all those guys have ever been a part of. And so they now with a great season and a runner up and a final four and all that, they're still going to say what if because they could have sealed the deal and they didn't, and that's too bad for I them. I saw on some of the betting sites that Kansas is the favorite to win it again next season. I also saw some way-too-early top 25s from ESPN and The Athletic. Buckeyes are not on the uh, way-too-early top 25, and I saw a couple Buckeye fans saying, Why the disrespect? That's reality. Why the disrespect? You, look, this team may surprise people and play themselves into a top team next year, but you just lost two potential first round picks. Your entire offense just walked out the door. I was going to say, I would, I would like those who are saying why the disrespect. Please name who the top five scorers on next year's team will be. Well, they'll based say, on last just year's numbers coming back, and haven't you seen the recruiting classes coming in? Yeah, great. Like I said, they may surprise people. I'm not ranking them right now. No, I'm saying for those people, like name the guys who are currently left on this roster that you think can be double digit guys next year. And if you're going to say just suing, cool, that's a big assumption to make because we haven't seen the guy get on the floor in over what will be, I mean, close to two years by the time he gets to play again. So, yeah, there's a lot of assumptions being made about this team. I'd like to believe that they're going to be as good or better than they were this year, but you've lost a lot on offense and just a lot overall from this team. It's going to be tough. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Mr. Rooter Plumbing. 855-MISTERS. 855-MISTERS. That's the phone number. Tell them Common Man sent you. Flag football is the future. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for a disabled vehicle on 270 westbound at US 23. It is partially blocking the left lane in this area, causing some heavy backups. Please be very careful as things get cleaned up. Plan on some slowdowns in the meantime. Traffic report is sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. When you apply for a home loan, there are different options depending on your situation and needs. With Rocket Mortgage, you can see how different down payments, monthly payments, and closing costs will impact your loan and your budget. When you need a lender who works for you, Rocket can. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Listen to this show and feel better about yourself. This is Common Man and T-Bone. 
Former running back Frank Gore apparently does not have enough brain damage, so he is starting another career as a professional boxer. He's going to make his professional boxing debut on May 14th. All right. Um, I feel like, I mean, he... Am I... So he's had aspirations of doing this for a while, or he had he... he had like a celebrity boxing exhibition. Oh, okay. I see against former NBA player Darren Williams. That's right. But this will be his first time where it's an actual like sanctioned professional match. Correct or bout. All right. Well, and there were some rumblings at the time when he had the exhibition that he failed the physical. Oh, because he had brain damage. Well, let's. Let's find out if you can pass one now. I, I that's such a tough thing. I I will say this as someone who over the last you know few months I have rediscovered my love of playing basketball recreationally. Obviously not at any good level. I I understand. I used to think why would someone want to go do that? Right? You got all the money in the world. What do you need to go do professional boxing for? He apparently loves to box. Right? He must have a background with it, a history with it of uh, some that, kind. That I have no idea. Well, okay, I'm just saying, like, if, if if he likes to box, it sucks that the things you like to do are football and boxing, because that does have a lot of impact on, like, your brain Yeah, if you keep participating in it for especially years and way, years and Especially years. the way that he played. Yeah. I mean, he would he was Mr. Lead with his helmet. Right. He took head contact every single carry in the National Football League. Yeah. So I'm saying it sucks when, if those are the things you're passionate about, it, it it's it's going to be tough to continue to do them. Right? Yeah, you can go out there and, and keep boxing now, right? That's another tough guy thing to do, and I'm sure he must enjoy it. Otherwise, why would he do it? But it, it can't be good for your brain to have that much impact. Uh, he also turns 39 on that same day, May 14th. Uh, no opponent has been named. The fight will be streamed on Fight, F-I-T-E. Okay. I guess it's an app. Now, he, he lost in a split decision to Darren Williams. So, again... I don't know what type of aspirations you have right, right. when you can't even beat the out-of-work NBA guy who also is looking at a bank account with $100 million in it. Yeah. I, you got me, man. Darren I, Williams made a lot of money in the NBA. Of course he did. Yeah, he got some big contracts. All, all I'm saying is it must be a labor of love because I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he's desperate for money. But what do I know? Yeah, now I was reading more about this as you were talking because I wasn't listening. <laughs> the The fight with Darren Williams was supposed to be his professional debut. But because he failed, failed the physical, physical okay. they turned it into an exhibition. Ah, I see. So, will how? I don't understand how it will get better. Well, I guess different states have different criteria. So, he's mm. boxing in Mississippi now. I don't know where the first fight was. So, but if the uh, Mississippi board clears him, then he'll be good to go. What a. What and they a don't know how to read x rays down there well, yet. <laughs> what a crazy system we have. In that sport where, yeah, one state, I remember years ago, right? New York City and or New York State, rather, would not sanction UFC bouts, correct? Yes. That was a big thing. I think they were the last state to do it, right? right? Yeah. So it's crazy to me that each state has their own little way of doing that. So in this case, where one state's saying, yeah, you're really not healthy enough to do this. Or maybe a lot of states would say that. All you have to do is find one that says, no, you're good here. Come on down. Let's go. That's not great. Uh, flag football could be the future for the NFL. Yeah, um, Damani Leach, who is the chief operating officer for NFL International, was speaking to the annual meetings, was speaking at the annual meetings. Annual. What did I say? I you said anal there for no. a second. An- annual meetings. The, the NFL's, NFL's annual, annual meetings. <laughs> okay. 
Whatever you got to do. Um, Leach brought up this prospect as well with CNBC that they want to grow their international business to a billion dollars annually, not whatever you're thinking. And they are saying the way to do that is to try to make flag football. One of the, one of the ways they're going to do this is to get more people around the world interested in flag football. Well, how are you going to do that? You're going to try to get flag football, according to Damani Leach, mm-hmm. into the Olympics. The Olympics. Which, once it's an Olympic sport, that's going to naturally make more people say, well, maybe we should try it. We should send a team. Maybe we can win a silver or gold medal. Let's try to make an emphasis on that. Once more people in the country are watching that sport and playing that sport, then you're going to have them say, wow, is there any other type of football product I could consume other than flag football? Oh, there's this thing called the NFL. I shall watch it. So... That is the NFL's grand plan on Are how they're going to... unaware of the NFL at this point? I don't know what the NFL thinks of their product because I seem to get two messages from them. One, which I know this is just what every sport does, is this is the biggest sport in the world. The Super Bowl is the most watched sporting event, yada, yada, yada. They talk about that all the time, even though it's not. Even though the World Cup draws more viewers, the Olympics worldwide draw more viewers. Yeah, the world... You, you have those viewers around the world because every country is involved in, or a lot of countries are involved in those events. That's different than the Super Bowl where it's this country. It's huge here. It's not as huge around the world. That is something they are telling us on one hand. And then now they're saying, oh, but we got to grow the sport internationally. We have to actually acknowledge nobody around the world cares about the NFL other than here. So we got to figure out how to grow it. Let's play a watered down version of our sport. Do you think people are going to watch that? Like, if, if I'm in India, I have no knowledge or or it's not a culturally relevant thing to me of the NFL, and suddenly you show me flag football, the things that would make flag football interesting would be very different than the things that would make the NFL interesting, right? Like, that's you're playing a different game when you play flag football because it's about a lot of elusiveness. It's not about the physicality. That's yeah, what sells a lot of people in the NFL. To your point, would India care? If India has a team, I guess. Maybe. And they're watching Indians play it. I know, but like America has a handball team and I'm not, I'm not, we've talked before about if you sit down and watch handball, it's an interesting sport. I'm surprised it isn't a little bit bigger here. I think there's a handball team in Columbus that does that stuff, right? There's a curling club in Columbus. Like these sports have existed other places and they're getting a little bit bigger here. Incrementally, the NFL's talking about making a billion a year off of this. I just don't know if. Flag football being an Olympic sport, while that might introduce it to more people, I don't know if that's going to instantly ratchet it up to the levels they're talking about here. That seems a bit optimistic. I want more luging. Oh, I want there just, to be a luge center of Columbus that we can go hmm. to. I would go there. You would? You know I'm full of crap. Yes, I would. I why would, would you go? Why would you luge? Why wouldn't I luge? Well, you could street luge now. I don't want to street luge. What's I wrong? want to do Olympic ice luging. But ice luging would be, I would think, even more dangerous. Then maybe. Well, they have like a bunny hill. Oh, I you see. You don't start off on the, the, like the black diamond course. Gotcha. You're not string beam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work your way up there. So what is like the beginner luge? Is that just like the chiller? You just lay on your back and they slide you around the There's ice. There's gotta a little be bit? a slight incline. Okay, I slight think. incline. Yeah, okay. slight incline. So tilted chiller. And then we take you to like a slightly Good more band tilted. Name, tilted chiller. I'm just saying maybe, maybe putting this in the Olympics. While that would make a lot of people around here probably say, oh, this is going to make football a global sport. It's probably not. Like, it, Or maybe it will in 60 years. It's not going to do anything for the current 
financial situation in the NFL, which, by the way, is phenomenal. They're not yeah, they're in need okay of help. Uh, game show coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for ramp restrictions. An injury crash is in the ramp lanes from southbound US 23 to westbound 270. Emergency crews are now on scene trying to get things cleaned up, but traffic is stop and go. Please use caution over here. This traffic report is sponsored by Ohio 811. Contact 811 at least 48 hours before you dig, and Ohio811.org will notify the utilities to mark underground lines near your projects. It's the law. Dominion Energy of Ohio, Center Point Energy, Duke Energy, and Columbia Gas are reminding you to know what's below. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. The kings of local social media. Twitters and twatters. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Give me a number, Bone. Let's go with six. Call number six right now. 821-9710. 614-821-9710. Gets a $50 gift card to Giannino's Pizzeria. Check out their brand new location in Westerville Plaza. What was the song I made up for him yesterday? I don't remember it at all. Maybe you you could try it again. Gionino's Pizza. I haven't had it, but I'm sure it's delicious. Nope. It's not the same thing. Mm, I don't think it is. Yesterday had all the cachet. Today I has know. no cachet. I know. By the way, we got a tweet before we go to the next thing um, from Black and Gold Fan. So let him live. Tweeted us and said, here you go, common man. We're talking about losing and learning how to lose. Yeah. This is from the TeamUSA.org website for USA Luge. The USA Luge slider search is on. Oh. It is an official thing sponsored by White Castle. Yeah, but I'm not, I can't be an Olympian. Well, you've got a 42 year old fat man. You also can't do this because it's not for your age group, but they actually go out around the country and put on luging. It's basically they're searching for the next great luge stars. Now they, they require the athletes who come in to participate be between the ages of 9 and 13. So this oh. is to get you well this is to get you started and like hey we think you might have a future in this. Here's more information on how you can go about coming into the Are program. Are you sure this is not just a cover for Sergey Fedorov trying no, to get a date? It's not. Here's the thing though. I was looking at where and when this happens. 2022 schedule they go to Las Vegas, they go to California. They come to Columbus, Ohio June 4th and 5th. Big Run Park out on Climb Road, and there's all these sessions. It's like a two-hour session. You have to register ahead of time. But if you if you are a parent of someone who's between the ages of nine and thirteen, well, who do I know that has a kid be between those ages? It's you. I'm not now. My kids aren't Why? into luge. My kids aren't into that. They're not. They don't want any part of your luge. middle kid is very athletic. No, but she can luge. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to do luge. Why? You know, I'll How do run, you know? I'll run it by her. I'll ask her. But the Maybe oldest, I could borrow her for the day. I don't think the oldest wants to luge. Uncle Mikey can take <laughs> the kids to luge. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, Ava may want to go. I don't know. I'll I'll check with her and see. Maybe. But the youngest. Here's the problem. The best loser on our on our squad would be the two year old, but she's not old enough yet. She. Mm-hmm. But she's the daredevil. Yeah. She does not care. No right. regard for personal safety. Game show time. All right. We're gonna do real or fake headliner. I'm gonna give you in Columbus a venue and a date. And then I'm going to give you two bands. You tell me which one is the real band that's headlining this show. All right. We'll start off tonight. Woodlands Tavern. Which band is headlining the show there tonight? Is it a band called Moon Hooch or a band called Antique Rollerblades? I haven't heard of either of these things. I'm going to go with Moon Hooch. 
You are correct. Moon Hooch is a band from Brooklyn, New York, known for their dance-oriented percussion and saxophone-based music. All right. The band is a duo consisting of saxophonist Wenzel McGowan and Michael Wilbur, who tour with a live drummer. The band members met while attending the New York School for Jazz and Contemporary Music and got their start busking in New York City subway stations. You know what busking is? No. It's a very similar form of illusion. So, okay. right in the same I like book. busking. Very similar. Uh, next up, Wednesday, April 13th at the Bluestone, which band is headlining? Is it Black Tiger Sex Machine or The Collective Size? I'm going to go with Black Tiger Sex Machine. You are correct again. Often abbreviated BTSM. They're a Canadian electronic music trio based in Montreal who specialize in aggressive, dark electronic music, as well as a live show that extends beyond a DJ performance. The trio are Marc Chagnon, Julian Miranda, and Patrick Barry. The group are uh, also known to wear illuminated tiger helmets during their live shows. Tomorrow night, Ace of Cups, which band is headlining? Nation of Language or Bat Train? Let's go with Bat Train, Bone. Ooh, sorry. Nation of Language is an American new wave indie pop band who formed in Brooklyn, New York. loves them. Uh, the group consists of Ian Richard Dev- Devaney, who is the lead vocalist, guitar player, synthesizer, and percussionist. So Vaney. And Vaney Devalinen. Dev- yeah. And Aiden Knoll, who does synthesizer backing vocals, and Michael Sue Poi, bass guitar player. I like that name. There you go. Next up, Thursday, August 2nd. Where's Billy Saren's band playing? I don't know. But Billy, Sal- Billy Saran and Celine Dion cover I would, band. I actually think that would be great as he sings popular songs, but as he reads the draft announcements. Near far, wherever you are. I love you, Leonardo. <laughs> I would go to that concert. I would want to hear it. Thursday, August 2nd at the Roomba Cafe. Which band is headlining? Horse Girl mm. or Affordable Housing? Uh... <laughs> Let's go with Horse Girl. Good call. Yeah. Horse Girl is an American rock band from Chicago. The band consists of Nora Chang, Penelope Lowenstein, and Gigi Sarah Reese. Jessica Parker. The group is currently signed to Matador Records. Oh, she's, they're a horse? Horse Girl, Matador Records. Yeah. I don't know why I said they're a horse. It's bull. Matador's well, it's bullfighting. Livestock is what you're saying. <laughs> right. I got you. I knew where you're going. <laughs> In a different life, don't forget you could be a farmer. Because you can tell things apart, like right. horses and cows. I No, I wouldn't do animals. I would do oh, crops. That's right. I forgot. You're a crop farmer, yeah. not an animal Come farmer. Come on, man. I'm all about germination. Okay, I, I forgot. That's right. Uh, the nation of Germany? Germination? No. Oh, I see. It's springing up of a thing. I got it. Uh, Wednesday, October 5th at Scully's. Which band is headlining? Super Organism or My Own Personal Sweden? I can't hear anything. My headphones have gone out completely. Oh, no. Do you want me to yell at you? I'm in the same building. I'm in the same studio as you. I'm sitting right next to you. All right, now you're back. Teddy screwed me up. Teddy did something. Oh, Teddy. Because Teddy had a smart-ass comment to me. And as soon as he was done talking, everything went dark. The intercom stuck. Well, maybe don't make smart-ass comments to me during the show, Ted. I thought it was funny. All right. Wednesday, I didn't hear you, Bone. Wednesday, October 5th at Scully's. Which band is headlining? Super Organism or My Own Personal Sweden? My Own Personal Sweden. Ooh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I wanted it to be true. Super Organism 
is an indie pop band based in London, formed in early 2017. They originally consisted of eight members. Well, I'm not going to read all their names, but many of them met online before forming the group. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's Get cool. Get a little uh, Reddit chat going, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, you play this, I play that. Hey, let's make a band, and now they're going to play it October now, 5th in Scully's. In super organisms, do they all play the organ? No. That would be awesome. No, no, I don't if it's think just that's... eight people playing the organ together? <laughs> yeah. All Wait. different organs. Yeah. Well, you know the phrase, pulling out all the stops? They're pulling out all the stops. That's an organ term. Because you have stops. I didn't in know a, that. That's, you know, well, you've, you've seen a big pipe organ. They have all those uh, yeah, knobs and buttons. They, that means they've pulled everything out, and this is full organ. All right. You are getting <laughs> full, the full, full organ. organ right here. As much organ as you can handle. Uh, Sunday, April 24th at the Newport. Which band is headlining? Gang of Youths or Jupiter Can Wait? I feel like Jupiter Can Wait, I've heard that before. Hmm. No? I don't know. <laughs> you got to smile You've on heard your drops face, of man. Jupiter in her hair. <laughs> You've heard a little trade. is overrated. Which one are you going with? Jupiter Can Wait? Jupiter Can Wait. No. Ow! Gang of Youths? Oh, no! Gang of Youths! Uh... Australian alternative rock group from Sydney. The band consists of principal songwriter David Le Pepe. That's a good name. Lead vocalist and guitarist Max Dunn, bass guitar, and Young Kim, lead guitar and keyboards. Also, uh, Donnie Borzatowski, who plays the drums. That's a good name, man. And there's more. Tom Hobden, who's their violin and keyboards. Gosh, they got so many people in this band. Anyway, their third studio album, Angel in Real Time, was released uh, February 25th of this year. Debuted at number one on the Australia charts. So there you go. Leanna says, I have it on vinyl. Mm Mm-hmm. And finally, which band is going to be headlining June 1st at Ace of Cups? Destroy Boys or Ronald and the Trickle Downs? Uh, Destroy Boys. That's right. All right. I, I wish it was the other one. American punk rock band formed in Sacramento in 2015. They cite their influences, including 80s punk rock bands like Operation Ivy and the Misfits. You can go see all of those bands. They're all real. Well, not the other ones that I named. But they're but the, all playing here. They're all playing in Columbus. So, yeah. Support local... Well, not local music because they're traveling from other places. But, you know, uh, support local the venues. local venues. Yeah, go Absolutely. out and see some shows. Let's go. All right. Good job, Bon. Yeah, thanks. Bad job for Ted. Ruined my headphones and everything. Just to make a smart-ass comment. I, I want to know what he, the smart-ass comment was. It was... Here's what he said to me. Water in the tulips. That's what he said to oh, me. Oh, okay. <laughs> you wanted that to be a band name. Don't you think that would have been obvious if I said water in the tulips? Water in the said, tulips. He would have said, oh, yeah, I know what that's from. No, because I said germination. Oh. And he said, I have water in the tulips. Oh, I, okay, that's better. It does help with germination. Back page coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident blocking the right lane of Route 315 southbound to 4 I-70. Traffic is stop and go from 670 in this area. Emergency crews are on scene blocking the right lane. Please be very careful. Plan about a 20-minute slowdown. Strap report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers slowdown payments and flexible payment options. Help the customer stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Buckeye Show, coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeye Show, your friend and mine, Timmy Hall. Hello, Timmy. Oh, you guys. Man bone. Congratulations to you. Thank you. You've got your Kansas stuff on today. Your Jayhawks winning the national championship. And then you walked in today and no-sold it. 
know, acted like it was no big deal. This happens every yeah, single day. Yeah, that's right. I I don't think I acted like it was no big deal. I I reached a point where I I think I tried to dial back that meter of how much I let the sports affect my personal life. When I was two or three years removed from the college experience. It was. It would not just ruin a day for me. I'm talking a regular season game now. Like that's all it had to be. Yeah, but this is the title game. No, I know. It's. I know it's the national championship. But I. I do feel such a such an affinity for the Buckeyes now. I consider them my team just from being a part of the community here and hosting the show for a long time. So I do live and die with the Buckeyes. So I think naturally the association with Kansas has drifted, but. I, I did still get that feel, and it was an enjoyable watch because me and my, my wife never watches basketball, and she stayed up and she watched the whole thing for it, and she was playing the positive card, the card that I just can't really ever play as a sports fan. I just, I don't know, I'm like you in that regard. I don't expect my team to win it. I expect to be disappointed, so that way if the other thing happens, it will feel wonderful. I don't want to have my heart broken, but... It was a wonderful comeback. Obviously, everybody that watched that game, it, it checked a lot of boxes. Carolina was pounding them. They were down 16. It was the biggest comeback in title game history. Oh, yeah. What are you say? I, I, thought, I thought it was over at halftime. I felt bad so for you. I. I was thinking, I can't imagine what Tim's feeling right now. I'm going to, I'll talk with him tomorrow. I don't want to, you know, text him tonight. And then honestly, I had it on, but then I went to bed and was like, I'll probably see it in the morning that it, no. And then I went back and watched the second half and saw, how it all went down, and I was floored. Were you this close to shutting it off? No, no, no. I left it on, but I'm saying I was going to bed because I'm like, I'm tired. I I know how this is going to go. They're down 15 at halftime. Right, I thought it was over. Right, yeah. So I got up in the morning and then was like, I'll watch the rest of that game now. I wonder how many now. people did go to bed because this thing started at 9.30. Oh, my goodness. By yeah. the time halftime rolls around, you see that it's a 15-point game. You're probably like, all right, well, I'll see you later. You see lived, you tomorrow. You lived in Pacific time for a little bit, right? Yeah. Before you, you came out here. How did you like that with the sports times? Did you uh, did you enjoy that thing starting earlier, pretty much before the the common work day is even over? Some of those events would start. No, I I I did like that, um, and I worked morning radio. So when I was done at ten o'clock in the morning during the week, there would be day baseball games starting at ten <laughs> right, o'clock in the sure, morning right, from right. the East Coast. That's wild. And I was yeah. a borderline alcoholic at this point. I would go right to the bar. <laughs> which opened at 10 right. yeah. with my co-host. We would sit there and have a long lunch and just drink and watch day baseball games. Isn't that amazing? That's basically what Beamer and his friends do for European soccer here. You were just doing it for other American yeah. sporting Random, events. Random like Royals-Tigers right. game right. Sure. on a Wednesday afternoon in July. Right. Yeah, settling I've always, in. I've always thought, though, with like the West Coast thing, while they're always like, oh, we don't lose West Coast audience, it's like, yeah, but... If you're saying there's more casual fans on the West Coast, they've got so much to do with the Colin Cowherd argument of Los Angeles and San Francisco. Or okay. Beach. Right. But then wouldn't you think the casual fans would relish the chance to come home from what they're doing, like work or school or whatever, flip on the most relevant part of the game and see the big ending, see whatever's going to happen. Like you don't have to sit through the first three quarters of, you know, an NBA game or, or, football game or whatever you can actually just come in and see here's the closing moments here's the best parts i would think they don't need to worry as much about the west coast audience what's coming up on the buckeye show tonight Tim? coming up tonight there's a few more things that i want to hit on with this buckeye basketball team as they really they, they get it going in the offseason here coach holtman was on 
Bishman friend, so I'll have some clips Clips? of what he had to say. I didn't get to comment on the new assistant coaching hire that Chris Holtman made, bringing in a head coach from Miami of Ohio, so we'll discuss that. Some more transfer transfer portal stuff. I don't know why I'm getting sick and tired of the term free agency. Even though that's what it is, I see that used about 6 billion times a day. So, yeah, we had some of that with Buckeye basketball, and Buckeye football has lost a couple guys to it. Buckeye show, top of the hour, right here on the fan. Back page. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Bone. Well, man, I saw this quote floating around today. Peyton Manning was asked what it's like to have played with Tiger Woods. And he uh, had this gem of a quote. He said, it's made my golf matches with my buddies and a couple member guests here. Disappointing since then. It's been a major letdown with my friend Eric Black. Can't get up and down for some of the places Tiger did. Eric Black. He sounds like he sucks. Well, that's right. Like, then everyone on the internet was like, wow, what's wrong with Eric Black? This guy cut us straight. It's like, wow. Is there shame in not being as good as Tiger Woods is at golf? I didn't think there was. He's a funny guy. Why can't Peyton Manning just make a stupid joke and that's it? He did. And then then the whole internet was like, wow, Eric Black got roasted. Oh, man. It's like, that's not a roast. That's just how Peyton is. But it wasn't even a roast is what I'm saying. Like, people have a low standard of roasting if that's what you think a roast was. Buckeye Show is next. Jackets time at 630. We'll see you tomorrow. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident causing slowdowns on Route 315 southbound before I-70. Traffic is still back to 670 in this area as they get things cleaned up. And ramp restrictions and injury crash in the ramp lanes from southbound US-23 to 270 westbound. Emergency crews remain on scene. This traffic report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low-down payments and flexible payment options so if the customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.